welcome to the Adjust Your Ranks podcast. This is episode number 11. My name is David and once again I'm joined by Sean. Sean, how are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thanks, mate. Um, bit of a sense of deja vu. Seem to do this all the time now, but uh, all very well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're in the midst of a, a rookie draft at the minute. Well, actually a startup draft and uh, people are flying through. So we uh, we might be doing live picks soon as well. I think it might be on the clock on me soon, so we shall see. I'm uh, going to take a bit of a gamble that might shock the league. Oh, I can't wait to see it now. So uh, this week we're going to be taking a look at depth charts and uh, how we think rosters may shake out this season and players we want to keep an eye on and players that we think are just basically losers. So we'll go team by team and cover every single team in the NFL over a few weeks. This week we're going to start with the AFC North and the AFC East. So... We're going to take two teams each in the north and two teams each in the east this week. So first up for me, the AFC North, the uh, Baltimore Ravens. So the uh, the main change there this year will be the um, Todd Munkin offensive coordinator, the change from Greg Roman. Greg Roman, obviously, the very uh, was a very run first offense and very catered to Lamar and the running backs and all the runners and, and kind of isolated the uh, wide receivers. But Todd Munkin is not the opposite exactly, but he, he definitely likes using those wide receivers and uh, airing it out um, as he previously did at uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's going to be interesting to see how that change affects the Ravens moving forward. And they've certainly upgraded the wide receiver room. But just to start at quarterback, so they've got the three quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Tyler Snoop Huntley and uh, Anthony Brown. So all three lads. Same characteristics, same skill set. So there's never really any change to the scheme because, you know, they're all the same sort of skill set, but just to a lesser degree. Lamar was always a pickup for me until he signed the new contract. I don't know if the window to pick him up now has closed with with the new deal and, and the clear sign that he's the, the quarterback one there. But if I can get him where I can, then I will because uh, I just love Lamar Jackson, to be honest. Tyler Snoop Huntley, good backup to have on your roster if um, if you're short of starters in Superflex and you want a guy that could always get games as a backup, then Huntley's the man because he uh, he comes in and he, he always seems to have good weeks when he comes in and um, he's just he's just a good lad to have around because Lamar has, has obviously picked up injuries the last two years and you can Huntley's a usable guy to have in your in your Superflex spot. So, what do you make of the quarterbacks there, Sean? Yeah, obviously really like Lamar Jackson, really good to see him get paid. And as you said, uh, three very similar lads in that in that room. So the drop off isn't that much if and when uh, Lamar misses games. And if you need uh, Tyler Snoop Huntley to board up a few vacant buildings in the, the vicinity as well, it's always a handy skill to have. Well, yeah, he's from Baltimore as well, isn't he? So while he's not quarterbacking, he's, uh, he's boarding up uh, buildings, isn't he? They need a big Chris in the wide receiver room is what they need now. So, uh, yeah, Chris Connolly may may find his way across. Chris Connolly's a classic Baltimore wide receiver. I'm surprised he's not there, in fairness. Yeah, you've definitely nailed that. He's uh, he's vintage Ravens, isn't he? Exactly, yeah. He's in. But no, I like the room. It's uh, just hope Lamar Jackson gets back to his MVP best because he's no one better in the league to watch, is there? Yeah, 100%. So on to the running backs. We've got J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell. J.K. Dobbins is a clear lead back for me. So he suffered a kind of a, a difficult two years, really, with the ACL. I know it was only a year injury, but he didn't really get back to his best until late last year, did he, really? So kind of robbed him of two years, but he's coming into this year fully fit, uh, due a huge role as well, and he's got a free down skill set. So 
I'm high on J.K. Dobbins this year, and I've picked him up in a, in a, in a few leagues already early this year that we've drafted. Gus the Bus Edwards, uh, reliable number two, and even some weeks usable as, as an RB1 if ever Dobbins is out or, you know, they're running a game down. You can use um, Gus the Bus if you think the Ravens are going to be leading in a game. He's always really, really cheap in Dynasty, and he, he is capable of spite weeks. Uh, for me, last year, week seven against the Browns, um, I got Gus the Bus on a, on a roster, and I was really, really short of running backs, so... It was his first week back as well against uh, the Browns. So I, I picked him out of desperation and he ended up scoring two touchdowns and 18 points and kind of helped me win the week. So these weeks can happen with Gus the Bus and um, I just think he's a good, reliable uh, back there. He, you know, he, he pass, pass blocks really well and just a good, reliable backup. But there's Justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell, very similar profiles. Both uh, very, very shifty, and but both very small and five eight five nine. Keaton Mitchell was a, an undrafted free agent pickup from this year's draft. So he's only £179 and 5 foot 8, but he runs a blistering 4-3-7-40. So he's one to keep an eye on and uh, due to there not being a lot of depth in the room. So um, potentially a, a veteran running back landing spot. There's a few out there, but um, what do you make of the room? Yeah, as you said, I really like uh, J.K. Dobbins and, you sniped me on him earlier in the draft today, actually. He was my next pick. Uh, you probably reached for him a little bit, but I can see why, because he's in line for a, a really good workload this year and hope to see him back healthy. But had all these videos last year. He's running around like a bit stiff, weren't he? He was running like the Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz. And uh, yeah, a bit awkward a few times on those long runs. So yeah, I hope he's healthy. But yeah, I mean, reasonable depth. Keaton Mitchell could have a role, but he's obviously very small. Um but we've said a few times this could potentially be a a spot that a veteran could land in. So I think they could do with one, really. What do you think? Is this a, is this a Kareem Hunt landing spot like everywhere else? Yeah, you've got Kareem Hunt. You've got Melvin Gordon. It uh, seems like we're touting Kareem Hunt every single week, but it's still a, still a shock to us that he's still out there. But um, I think yeah, it's a definite potential uh, veteran running back landing spot. And um, yeah, one to keep an eye on in the next few weeks, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll keep touting him until he lands somewhere. Then we'll uh, we'll claim some credit. We'll Carl Yates it. <laughs> so the uh, the wide receiver room, we've got Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers, Devin Duvernay, James Prochet, Nelson Aguilar, Tylan Wallace, Tylan Wallace and Andy Isabella. So they're usually uh, very tight end heavy and that usually means they're only getting two wide receivers on the field. Um, that was under, obviously, Greg Roman though, but the change is going to be what happens with Todd Munkin now. Potentially Beckham and Bateman are your first two wide receivers there. But Zay Flowers, drafted this year, he adds a good gadget element to the offense early on in his Ravens career. He can do a lot with the ball in his hand and he can play inside, outside and sweeps and stuff like that. So they've got three good usable receivers there. I know they're only really using two previously due to the tight end sets, but... um. Devin Duvernay, good depth wide receiver, and he's also on special teams. He's, he's actually a really good kick returner. It's probably the best wide receiver core that Lamar has ever had, and I guess after paying him, they wanted to surround him with weapons, especially with the new OC coming in. Concerns over uh, Beckham and Bateman's fitness from previous years, but um, I guess they've got more options there now. And um, Zay Flowers could be due for a, a big rookie impact, but there's, there's plenty of speed on the offense. There's... Um, even depth guys like Andy Isabella and Nelson Aguilar have got plenty of speed. Uh, they've got a big body in, in Tylen Wallace, but 
beyond that, I guess they lack bigger bodies except for the tight ends. What do you what do you think of the wide receiver room? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And um, as you said, we've been quite down on sort of the Zay Flowers landing spot, a bit frustrated. But actually, the two lads that are ahead of him, Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham, just can't stay healthy. So potentially Zay Flowers could be in for a surprising workload. If, if either of those misses some time, he could slot right in because this is not the Greg Roman offense anymore. And yeah, it could be in line for a, a good season. But yeah, I like the room. I'd really like to see Beckham healthy again obviously as a Giants fan Beckham's uh, one of my one of my guys I'll always always like him I've seen he's got a few of his comeback from injury videos dropping on Instagram and stuff and I'm fully in so yeah I like the room nobody does a, a comeback video quite like Odell Beckham Jr do they yeah shirt off covered in tats uh, one-handed catches I'm, I'm fully in you can't help but but like the guy I think he's just got that profile isn't he well, he was also in ballers as well, wasn't he? So, yeah, he's, I mean, if you're throwing in that, then you are a baller, aren't you? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, interesting woman. As you said, I think the, the important thing, it's the best wide receiver call that Lamar's ever had. Uh, they've paid him. They've given him the weapons. There's no real excuse. I think they, they've got to chase, uh, chase that Super Bowl now. Yeah, definitely. So, onto the tight end room, we've got Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely and Charlie Kohler. So, Andrews, the clear tight end one potentially even the number one pass catching option because, you know, Lamar absolutely loves him, usually peppers him with targets. But again, that was in the Greg Romain offense. So it remains to be seen what happens now. Todd Munkin's there, but as I likely a very good rookie season last year and an excellent backup for Andrews. And some were even suggesting that he should be uh, on the field a lot as the second pass catching option as well in the two tight end sets. So Another one as well to keep an eye on, definitely as I likely. But Charlie Kohler, the third tight end, very highly rated when he was coming out of Iowa State. So not the famed tight end factory Iowa, but Iowa State. Uh, injured for a lot of his first season, but very highly regarded and, and can do a bit of blocking and catching as well. So three really good options at tight end there. What do you make of the room? Yeah, obviously Mark Andrews is potentially the uh, the, the tight end one, depending on how you feel. Um, but I think the interesting one is Isaiah Likely. I really like like him a lot. I poached him off a couple of rosters last year for sort of fourths and fifths in leagues. And I think if they're going to go more pass heavy, there's potentially a role there for somebody else to step up. And if Andrews ever misses any time, one of these guys steps in for a, a really big workload. So, yeah, it's an excellent room, isn't it? And in a way, I just hope the, uh, the usage doesn't change because it'll be a shame if they go away from Andrews. He's been so reliable the last couple of years. Yeah, I like the uh, the whole uh, offensive roster for the Ravens this year, to be honest. And uh, they're one of my dark horses this year. Yeah, I completely agree. It's theirs to, theirs to go for, isn't it? And I just love to see Lamar win. I think on draft night, that video after he got picked and they said, what are, what are Baltimore getting from you? And they said, I'm going to get a Super Bowl. Believe that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, 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 quite, I quite like it. I'd love to see it come true. If my Giants don't win, of course. Yeah, the Giants are not winning. Ah, believe that. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, good, good shout for a dark horse. I, I like it. Um, well, I'll pick up here and I'll I'll go on to uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so a bit of consistency here. Brian Callahan remains at OC there, and they're just running it back, aren't they? And obviously come very close. But um, yeah, starting the quarterback room, we've got Joe Burrow, Trevor Simeon, and Jake Browning. Um, Obviously, Burrow's the, the main guy here, and you don't need to analyze it too much more than that. I think, you know, Simeon's just a really reliable veteran backup in that room, and 
Uh, don't know too much about Jake Browning, but I think if you're, you're relying on Jake Browning for games, you're, you're going to be in serious trouble anyway. So, yeah, Simeon, decent veteran presence behind Burrow. And they just need to keep him healthy. So um, they picked up Joe Burrow's fifth-year option. That's just a prerequisite for getting this big deal done. So I assume they're working on it as we speak. And I think a huge deal is inevitable at some stage. But, um, yeah, I'd be interesting to see what, what sort of contract he comes out with. What do you reckon? Um, I mean, the, it's between him and Herbert next, isn't it? So is one waiting for the other or, you know, are they, are they sort of playing chicken with each other to see who gets the better deal? But yeah, I mean, him and Herbert's deals are obviously going to overtake Lamar's, aren't they, as the best paid player? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? And I just wonder, I mean, we're going to talk a bit about the Bengals now, but they've got a few lads that want paying and can they do it all paying Burrow? Does that hamper what they can do elsewhere on the roster? So yeah, we'll, we'll see. Maybe Burrow takes a, a team-friendly deal and, and, and gets the band back together, but we'll see. Um, moving on to the running back room, we've got Joe Mixon, Travion Williams, Chase Brown and Chris Evans. So, yeah, it's a bit of a weird room. Uh, a lot of talk about Joe Mixon in the offseason. Could he be traded? Could he be cut? Could he be replaced in the draft? And he seems to have just about survived the draft, really. Uh, had lots of these legal troubles and he's been shooting kids out the window with spud guns, and allegedly, to be clear. Um, but he seems to have survived the draft. They haven't replaced an automatic, uh, got an automatic replacement in through the draft. So I suspect that he'll be the lead back uh, here for quite, you know, at least the next year. So he could be a bit of a value if you're on a win now roster. Uh, Travion Williams, just a, an absolute nobody. Got a little bit of hype in the offseason as the direct backup to uh, Joe Mixon, especially when he was going through all that legal trouble. You know, you see these weird guys on Sleeper that just uh, rise up the the trending charts. He had a couple of weeks there, didn't he? Um, but I don't think he's going to do much at all. Then they picked up uh, Chase Brown in the third, oh, I think it was the fourth round, or I can't remember where he picked up in the draft, but... He was a bit of an athletic freak at the Combine, um, and I expect him to immediately step in and take some third down work there. There's a chance he could step into a bit of a lead role in 2024 um, if no veteran lands there. So, um, I mean, what do you make of this room? Yeah, it's a bit of a strange room, isn't it? I mean, there doesn't look to be a lot behind Mixon, and it looks like um, Brown could be in for uh, quite a good role there, doesn't it? But um Again, this could be another room where they could get a vet presence, couldn't they? Yeah, I think they need to. I mean, if they, if they want to chase the Super Bowl, which has to be the plan, you know, the drop off from Mixon to Chase Brown is just all projection, isn't it? So, you know, dare we say our, our mate Kareem Hunt could be a, a really good fit here? Yeah, I mean, this is going to become the Kareem Hunt podcast, isn't it? Until he gets a landing spot. So, uh yeah, there's all the usual uh, vet free agent running backs that I think will slowly start to pick up jobs there. I mean, we also mentioned the uh, the possibility of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, didn't we? We did, and I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility, to be honest. They've declined his fifth-year option as expected, and obviously he walks next year for absolutely nothing. So could he move for pretty much nothing now? It's possible. So, yeah, I, I expect him to add somebody, possibly. If not, Chase Brown's really an interesting guy. I've Picked him up in sort of the late third uh, in a few drafts just in case. But yeah, I think they'll probably just run Mixon into the ground this year and he'll get a good good amount of work if he doesn't face any legal troubles. But seems to have gone a bit quiet, doesn't it? Yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? As long as he doesn't get locked up, he's in for a big role, isn't he? And these things te- tend to take a long time to come out, don't they? I mean, Kamara has been going on for 
long, long old time. Was it the Pro Bowl last year? I think Kamara was in was in a spot of bother and it still hasn't been dealt with. So yeah, I don't think Mixon's in any trouble of missing time anytime soon, is he? Yeah, I agree. I think he's fine for this season. Yeah. Um, well, moving on to the wide receiver room. Uh, it's a bit of a packed room, to be honest, at the moment. So you've got the big boys, Jamar Chase, T Higgins. Move on to Tyler Boyd, Charlie Football Jones, Trenton Irwin, Andre Yoshivas, Stanley Morgan, Trenton Taylor and Kwame Lasseter. So obviously Chase and Higgins, both elite wide receivers and probably up there as one of, if not the best uh, wide receiver, one and two in the league. Uh, I think they're certainly up there. Um, don't need to discuss Jamar Chase too much. He's obviously the wide receiver one or two, depending on your preference between him and Justin Jefferson. But I think the big issue that's facing this roster is T Higgins' contract. So he's uh, a free agent at the end of uh, next year. So he could potentially walk. So I assume that they're waiting to see what they're going to pay Burrow before um, deciding what they do with Higgins. But there is a chance that they might not be able to afford to pay Higgins, Burrow, and of course, Jamar Chase will need to be paid in the near future as well. So a bit of an issue there. I mean, do you think there's a chance they could let Higgins walk? Do they get this done? Uh, I think they really, really want to keep him. I think Burrow wants to keep him. I think he wants to stay. But, you know, it's like they, they want their money, don't they? But um, the thing about Higgins is that um, if he goes anywhere else, he's, he's going to be a, a guaranteed wide receiver one, isn't he? But um, I do think that if they was going to trade him, that it would have been now or, or, you know, or it would have been done by now because this would have been their only chance to get some capital back, wouldn't it? Because he, he walks the end of next year. So I'm hopeful that he, he does renew there because I think they might have traded him already. But like you say, I think they're just waiting to pay Burrow and see what else they've got left in there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it'd be a shame if they lose uh, lose this group, but there's obviously a risk until that Burrow deal gets done. Just don't know what they've got to play with. Um, but moving on, Tyler Boyd. Uh, it's always been a really consistent, uh, handy wide receiver on your roster. Uh, and he's been a bit of a plug-and-play lad. Whenever Higgins or Jamar Chase missed time, he's put up some big weeks. But I think he's tailed off a bit the last year or so. He's nearly 29, and he's also a free agent next year. So we could see Tyler Boyd phased out a little bit. I don't think there's any any chance that they keep him at all, given his age and the other lads that they've got to pay. So, yeah, Tyler Boyd's been a bit of a serviceable uh, dynasty lad over the years, but I think his time is done. Um, but the next two guys, I think, are quite interesting. So, Charlie Football Jones, um, fourth-round pick, excellent production at Purdue in his last season, put up 1,361 yards on 110 catches for 12 touchdowns, which can't be sniffed at at all. And he's potentially the ready-made Tyler Boyd replacement isn't he just slot in and just keep the the band rolling yeah I think that they've um they've kind of picked up um Charlie Football Jones and Andre Yoshivas just to see if they could have potential replacements for Higgins and Boyd I mean Jones you you have lined up for that Boyd role if he can if he can do that and Yoshivas obviously a bit of a big freak and um metrics favorite Potentially, I don't think he can replace Higgins, but you know, you could have a role there and maybe down the line. But both of them are really, really interesting guys to monitor and potentially pick up um, in your in your drafts and stick them on the taxi. For me, Charlie Jones definitely uh, a guy to pick up. Do we um do we always call him Charlie Football Jones? Just call him that all the time. I think we've just yeah adopted that, haven't we? So yeah, he's definitely Charlie Football Jones. Let's uh let's adopt it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you picked him up in a couple of leagues over me. Um, we both went up on our on our fab budgets. I'm a bit stingy with my fab, and 
you managed to beat him, beat me to him in a couple of leagues. So I was a bit gutted about that. But yeah, he's a, he's a classic taxi stash for me. Really interesting guy. And I think if uh, if Boyd does get phased out through the year, that you could see Charlie Jones step in a bit later in the season. Um, but Yoshivas is a, an interesting profile. He's, a, as you said, a bit of a big freak, athletic guy, more of a downfield threat, really good, quick, physical lad. I think he's got similar, similar characteristics to Christian Watson. Uh, I'm not saying he's the same sort of player, but Watson didn't really come out as this refined route runner. He was a physical guy, downfield threat. And I think he's got an outside chance if Higgins walks. I think if Higgins gets extended, then Yoshivas is uh, you know, a wide receiver four or five on this roster. And probably a bit buried but yeah I think they've they've recruited quite well these two guys are quite good projects to have give a bit of um bit of security so yeah I like the wide receiver room yeah so what they've, um, what, they've what they've tried to do is get ahead of the curve aren't they and s- sort of get lads for any potential losses down the line and get them a year early get them into the system and, and see what they've got in them before they potentially lose guys isn't it that's exactly it, because otherwise you let Higgins walk and then you've got to pick someone next year and immediately plug and play. As you said, get them in, let them learn the system and uh, get some reps in. And by next year, they're obviously that year on developed. So, yeah, it makes sense. I quite like the roster building there. And uh, it might all be moot. They might end up just keeping all the lads, but there's no harm in having that security because if anyone misses time, they can slot in and, and perform. Yeah, exactly. Um, but moving on, to, moving on to the tight end room. This is, um, I say interesting. It's uh, one interesting guy and a couple of bums. But uh, the tight end room, Irv Smith, Drew Sample and Devin Asiasi. So uh, Irv Smith, bit of a favourite of the pod. Um, you and I have liked him for a long while. You liked him coming out of Alabama. And we've touted him a few times as a bit of a buy. And there was always this risk that the Bengals could go and pick someone up in the draft. But he managed to survive the draft unexpectedly. I think we expected them to at least take a a late tight end in this deep class, but they didn't. So um, Irv Smith, obviously a bit of an undersized overall, but he's a good move tight end. And the ceiling's just gone up massively with Joe Burrow. Um, Drew Sample, just a bit of a veteran, not really done anything in the league. And Devin Asiasi was uh, one of those third round tight ends that the Patriots did when they double tapped the tight end in the third round. It was Asiasi and Dalton Keane and I'm surprised they're not out of the league, to be honest. They've offered absolutely nothing. Um, the only question with Irv Smith is health, isn't it, really? But the sky potentially is the limit in this offence. Yeah, there's always a question around his health, but he, he could have a huge role now moving ahead with the Bengals. I mean, I think even when we suggested that he was a buyer, we kind of prefaced it with saying that they could always take a tight end in the draft because there's quite a lot there and they're late in the draft where they could pick one up. So... When when one didn't get taken there, then all those Irv Smith shares that you and I got cheap, you know, they, they're looking really good at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, and I think, you know, the health concerns understandably are worrying, but really the meniscus tear was in 2021. He's recovered from that. And last season he had a high ankle. That's just one of those things that just takes a while to recover from, but it's not a long-term issue. So he's still young for a tight end. What is he, 24, 25? Um, so yeah, wheels could be up. So yeah, a bit of a good buy. The price has probably gone up a little bit now and they're talking him up as well, aren't they? They're saying he could get a lot of early work. So yeah, really hope so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll tag you over now. I think you're going to talk us through the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. So, uh, actually a franchise that I can't stand. So yeah, this would be interesting, but, um, yeah, they changed their, um, they didn't change their offensive coordinator this season, which was kind of a shock to everyone. You know, Matt Canada has kept his job. He was um, he was pretty useless last year and a lot of experts and certainly a lot of Steelers beat writers expected him to be gone, but he's managed to keep the job there. So they'll be hoping for some prog- progression from him this year. Quarterback room, 
Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky and Tanner Morgan. So Kenny Pickett, obviously the clear number one, it would be in his second year and they'll be hoping for kind of a second year leap from Kenny Pickett in the system and hoping that he progresses uh, further from his first year. I thought he was fine in his first season, you know, the rushing was there, that you know, his passing was fine, but you want to see more out of him this year. Mitch Trubisky, um, another really good scheme fit because he's probably got a similar skill set to Kenny Pickett. He's just uh, he's just not as good. Uh, but he is definitely one of the more reliable backups in the league, and I, I think they pay him fairly well as well. But um, Tanner Morgan, I don't know anything about. He, he sounds like a bank that, um, that you'd work for, so I, yeah, I'm not even going to talk about him. But what do you make of the quarterback room? <laughs> yeah like you i've got no interest in tanner morgan unless i'm after an isa or a mortgage um so yeah no interest there but yeah i like kenny pickett i said a few weeks ago he's a bit of a buy for me i think in Superflex, the the standard very quickly drops off and uh, i think pickett's in that sort of mid zone of quarterbacks that are quite old you sort of see him going around the same level as like a, a jared goff again who we like and Aaron Rodgers but I think the upside there is is there with Pickett and last season he only threw for seven touchdowns which is almost impossible so he's definitely in line for some positive regression on the touchdowns and you're talking a bit about the the weapons that he's got at his disposal but yeah obviously improved the line took Broderick Jones and yeah I'd like to see his development he has to step up I think they'll they'll back him won't they in Pittsburgh they'll stick by his guys uh, as a first round pick yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to get the chance there, isn't he? He's going to get the full the full contract, isn't he, there? Exactly. They're not going to move on. So I think if you know that you can get a decent, fairly solid quarterback two in Superflex for at least the next three years, he's a good he's a good pickup. So, uh, yeah, just hope he can step up really. He does need to. Can't be rocking around with four-inch hands and double gloving and uh, not performing. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm still out due to the gloves. So I know you like him, but I'm never picking him just because he's in gloves. <laughs> and you'd be right in fairness. I, you know, I respect that. So the uh, the wide receiver room, we've got Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Alan Robinson, Calvin Austin, Miles Boykin and uh, Anthony Miller. So Deontay Johnson, weirdly, last season, zero touchdowns the whole season. So he, he's due some positive aggression on that front. He gets an absolute ton of volume. Um, he's a possible pickup for me for contenders because those touchdowns are going to come this year. And like I said, he gets an absolute ton of volume. Kenny Pickett likes him. He gets open all the time. His, re- his route running is excellent. He gets open a lot. And, you know, that's valuable to a, a rookie or a second-year um, quarterback. So Deontay Johnson may be one to pick up if you're a contender, if depending on his price. George Pickens could ascend to that alpha wide receiver X role on the team. There were some questionable metrics around him uh, last season and, and, and the lack of volume that he got on the offense. So he's going to be hoping for more volume this year, but he was really efficient with what he did last year and obviously had some highlight catches. I'm a, I'm a fan of George Pickens, so I'm, I'm hoping that he does get more volume this year. Alan Robinson, old Chicago Bears favorite. And before that, Jacksonville Jaguars favorite. But um that's just going to be about what juice he's got left, isn't it? He's had two bad years. He had he had the last bad year at the Bears and then he had last year at the Rams when the Rams themselves were terrible. So that's just going to be about what um, Robinson's got left in the tank. But there's rumours of a big slot role for Alan Robinson this year and that's how they plan to deploy him. So he may be one to pick up really cheap as well. I think he's, he's, his value has tanked massively at the moment. I think he went undrafted in that 
um, draft you and I did the other day. Or you took him actually really late, didn't you? I think I did. Yeah, he's um, a couple of years ago. He's going in the as a first, well, first round rookie pick was being exchanged for Robinson. The drop off's just been a bit frightening, isn't it? Um, and it turns out it wasn't all Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, well, no, it it was really. <laughs> You're just filling anything on him, but I think do you know what. Even if he is a bit dust, which I suspect he probably is, I think if you can get him in the slot, keep him closer to that really good line, even he can't mess this up, could he? Yeah, I wouldn't mind Robinson in some redraft leagues this year. I mean, I wouldn't want him in Dynasty unless it was a real emergency. But um, definitely think there's a role there for him. A couple of other guys there as well. You've got Miles Boykin, obviously a big body, was a was a metrics favourite a couple of years ago when he was drafted by the Ravens. Calvin Austin's an interesting one. Uh, massive speed element, really, really quick. Missed the whole of last season injured, but he's very he was very, very similar to Tank Dell and, and the hype that he was getting this year. That was Calvin Austin last year. Played in the senior bowl and basically nobody could cover him. He was um, getting himself wide open all day and rapid. And um, reports that he was in for a good role with the Steelers, but then he picked up the injury and missed the whole season. So one to keep an eye on this year and, and to see whether he can find a way in that offense. But um it's basically the Steelers this year are just a nice Chicago Bears reunion for Trubisky, uh, Alan Robinson and Anthony Miller. Yeah, that's nice for them, isn't it? I don't think, um, you know, many of them are going to get on the on the field, to be fair. And I think as a, if I was a Steelers fan, I'd hope that was the case. So, uh, But yeah, I think the interesting one is, is Calvin Austin, isn't it? And um, I haven't quite managed to cut him off of my rosters. I've got him stashed on a couple just in case but I think he just offers something a bit different Johnson's the volume guy Pickens is the outside alpha Robinson if he plays outsider if he plays that big slot role they haven't got enough speed on this uh, offense so Calvin Austin could be that speedy deep threat and yeah if he's offering something different who knows if uh, that line gives Pickett a bit more time you could see Calvin Austin Austin hit a few few long touchdowns this year yeah it just depends whether uh, he's got the gloves on and whether he can launch it that far doesn't it yeah, yeah, you're not wrong at all. Um, yeah, less said the better. Move on, running backs. So yeah, the running back room. We've got Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Anthony McFarlane, and Master Teague. So Najee Harris, the clear bell cow back, and the Steelers are obviously one of the few teams in the league now who do deploy the uh, bell cow back. There's not many left now. Um, really good pass catcher, really good run blocker. For me, lacks a little bit in the explosive front, but. Um, I think he could be a really good option this year for people maybe contending. Jalen Warren, a favourite of mine, really good free down skill set. He passed pass blocks really, really well. I mean, that was one of the things that I saw pre-season last year. And Mike Tomlin's come out and spoke about it before. He, he smashes into people and he blocks really well. Also catches well. I think he hit nearly 600 yards last year in the, in the past game. He was more efficient on the ground than Najee last year as well. I know that Najee was banged up, but um, Jalen Warren's a, a big favourite of mine. Anthony McFarlane, very shifty, but he's also small and slight, and they're not really going to use him on early down um, work. He can he can catch, but he's, he's mainly a depth piece on the roster. Master Teague, um, out of Ohio State. So you and I both follow the Dynasty nerds, and they're all big Ohio State fans. All three of them hated Master Teague. They thought he was terrible. And I think he was picked up as an undrafted free agent by the Steelers. So um, I've got zero interest in him. But what do you make of the running back room? Yeah, I mean, I think Nachi could be the uh, 
of one of the best value running backs in dynasty to be fair. And I think everyone's soured on him because didn't quite hit the heights of his rookie season last year, but he's just not a very sexy pick is he in dynasty. But as you said, there's not many bell cow backs and he could offer really good value. I know that Warren's your guy. Um, it's just uh, definitely worth a stash, but you just don't know when they're going to turn the keys over or if Najee's going to miss time. McFarlane's an absolute nobody. And uh, yeah, Master Teague, just, uh, just a really pathetic uh, roster clogger, isn't he? And I had a look on player profile preparing for the pod and his best comparables, I think a guy called Rodney Anderson. I think I'd rather have Rodney Trotter in the uh, the running back room in fairness. So yeah, I won't be rostering Master Teague anywhere. Wasn't uh, wasn't Rodney Anderson the one that Tupac had a fight with uh, that night? <laughs> I think he did. He had a bit of a tear up with uh, Rodney Trot and Rodney Anderson outside the uh, outside the MGM. So uh, yeah, I, I probably would rather have Tupac now than Master Teague. Yeah, in my Tupac, running back room. Tupac running back one. Yeah, Snoop oh, yeah. Dogg tight end one. Um, <laughs> onto the uh, onto the, <laughs> onto the uh, Steelers tight end room. So. Pat Frymuth, Zach Gentry, Darnell Washington, and Connor Hayward. So Pat Frymuth, for me, the clear number one receiving option there, was very reliable last year for Kenny Pickett. And um, he's, he's a tight end. I'm always happy to pick up and happy to play him some weeks as my tight end one. I, I'm quite a fan of Pat Frymuth, and um, I think he's going to be more progression this year as well. Zach Gentry, purely a blocking tight end, so not much interest for me. Darnell Washington. Uh, he dropped in the NFL draft due to concerns over his knee. Um, for me, I think he's just going to be used more in the blocking capacity due to how good he's going to be at blocking. I think he's just going to end up being an extra lineman. And for me, it doesn't really affect Pat Frymuth and, and, and his pass-catching role. Final guy there is is a really interesting deep, deep sleeper. Now, I, I get a couple of these every year that I go all in on. But Connor Hayward, um, he's very athletic. He's an all-rounder. He can pass, catch, and block. And he's also played a bit of fullback. So he's kind of a guy like Kyle Juszczyk on the 49ers who can do a bit of everything. So the Steelers really happy with him as well. Obviously, his brother's on the team, Cam Hayward. But the Steelers were really talking him up last year. Mike Tomlin apparently loves him. Um, but yeah, just a bit of a fullback, hybrid, H-back, tight end guy that can do a bit of everything. So Tight end being such a wasteland, Connor Hayward for me is a really, really like deep, deep sleeper to keep an eye on. You know, he's on waivers everywhere, but just one to monitor to see if he gets any game time there, really. What do you make of that tight end room? I really like Pat Frymuth. I think outside of the uh, the first sort of maybe three or four lads, he's probably in there in that next tier, isn't he, with Dallas Goddard and uh, a few others. So haven't managed to roster him anywhere, but I think, you know, for a tight end to come out and produce it like he did as a rookie, uh, hopefully a bit of an improvement from Kenny Pickett, better line, you know, he could really take a step forward this year. I agree on Darnell Washington, you know, really fun prospect to watch through the combine. And it was a, uh, great seeing him chuck that sled around and stuff but actually you know you don't really throw many sleds around on the on the field so yeah as you said concerns he dropped for a reason um teams don't uh, pass up an athletic freak if there's not a good reason to do so so yeah i don't think he's going to do very much he might flash and have a couple of little red zone looks just because he's a, a huge weapon uh, throughout the season but uh, i don't know much about connor hayward so uh yeah interesting deep sleeper there i might take a look i might have one myself later on in the show as well Oh, nice. So um, I'll let you take uh, take us down with the Browns. Here we go. So, uh, yeah, going to the Cleveland Browns. And 
quarterback room's a bit different to what it was last year. Last year we had a bit of a drama and, you know, another big baby, Baker Mayfield, didn't know what was going on there and went on a off season. But the room at the moment, Deshaun Watson, Dorian Thompson, Robinson and Joshua Dobbs. And yeah, the big story, obviously, Deshaun Watson uh, looked a shadow of his former self last year, didn't he? Um, hadn't played in a couple of years and had that holdout year. And then obviously the legal troubles and came in at the end of the year, taking over from Jacoby Brissett. And he was an absolute disaster. And I mean, is this just rust, do you think? Do you think he's lost anything? Or is this just a guy that's missed a couple of years and going to take some time to get back? Yeah, I mean, I think it was rust. And I'm also hoping it was rust because I, I think I've got him rust in about 80% of my side. So I was a big, um, big Deshaun Watson fan. I, I love his skill set. I love him at quarterback. So I'm hoping it was rust. And I do think it was rust as well. I mean, like you say, he hadn't played in two years and hadn't been around the system. So now he's going to be around the system in pre-season and, you know, he, he's got all to prove, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. He's got the full off-season programme, really good weapons, excellent offensive line, probably the best one he's played with in his career. Um, so he should, in theory, be a massive bounce-back candidate and it's probably too late now to start making moves at value, but, you know, there's been some really good value on Watson if he can get back to any sort of level. You know, I think you've been picking him up for sort of a first here and there, haven't you? Which, um, for his sort of level, that calibre quarterback goes for a couple of firsts at least in Superflex League. So, yeah, uh, really interesting there. We really like Dorian Thompson-Robinson. This is a guy that I really liked, and I think I got you on the bus. Um, really good developmental guy. And I think if I owned a Sean Watson, I wouldn't be against chucking Dorian Thompson-Robinson on my taxi just in case. Obviously, these uh, legal issues do seem to sniff around and... Someone's always after something. So who knows? We could see Watson miss some time. Hope not. And don't want to get too much into that. But uh, obviously, that's a bit of an issue as well. Joshua Dobbs, just a really um, solid veteran presence in the room. But if you're starting Joshua Dobbs, you've got some serious problems, haven't you? Yeah, he's just a career backup, isn't he? I know he came in last year for the Titans and he did OK. But yeah, he's not someone I care about. Yeah, agreed. Uh, moving on to the running back room, slightly more interesting, really. So um, here we've got Nick Chubb going into his age 28 season. And behind him, we've got Jerome Ford and Demetric Felton. So a bit of a light room. Um, but Nick Chubb going into his age 28 season, he's probably got the best quarterback he's played with and playing behind an excellent line with very little uh, competition for touches. So he could be a smash value, certainly in redraft leagues. And in Dynasty, people shy away from these 27, 28-year-olds, but he could be a really good piece for a, a competing side, I think, this year. Have you got any interest in, in Nick Chubb at all? Um, I'd be happy picking him up. Um, I think I picked him up in one league earlier this year because I just think he's going to have a massive role this year and he, he's always really, really good on the ground, isn't he? So I know you picked him up earlier as well, so you, you, you're in on him this year, aren't you? I am. Do you know, it felt a bit I'm in a draft and I'm picking at the 106 and I, I never like any slot, but the drafts just sort of fall into me and it, I think it got him a decent value. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think he's going to have an excellent year and potentially a career year, which is probably quite surprising. But, um, yeah, remove those touches from Hunt. They've got to go somewhere. Could they even go to Chubb? Who knows? But um, speaking of the the touches that Hunt's left, we've then got Jerome Ford, Ford another bit of favourite of the pod. Um, this is a bit of an empty backfield and somebody needs to take on that extra third down work or to spell Chubb to give him a bit of a rest. Or if he misses time, someone needs to take over. And Jerome Ford's got the pedigree and the profile to do that. So, I mean, his last year at Cincinnati, he ran for 1,300 yards and 20 touchdowns. 
It's five foot 11, 210 pounds, say it every week, but really good size for a, a running back. Excellent production at college and obviously started off at Alabama, I think, and uh, transferred out to Cincinnati. So good pedigree from Jerome Ford. And, you know, we really like him. He seems to have survived the draft um, and could be uh, in line for a good bit of work and potentially could step into a bell cow role if Nick Chubb misses any time, which he doesn't really seem to. Uh, and Demetric Felton, he's just a bit of a gadget guy, isn't he? Played wide receiver at UCLA, bit of a special team, a lad, very unlikely to do anything. He's very undersized. Um, I wouldn't be rostering him anywhere at all. But given that there's only three lads, this is uh, another bit of a prime landing spot for a potential free agent veteran. So uh, Kareem Hunt back to the Browns. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, um, there was the two reports, wasn't there? There was the report that he's the Browns are out and that maybe he's lost a yard. And then there was a report a week later that he could be signing in the next couple of weeks. So we're, Keep the, Kareem Hunt, open. Yeah, we're the Kareem Hunt podcast. So um, we're touting him for everywhere at the minute. Yeah, and I think, you know, it would be surprising to see him. Like, he's left for a reason. I think he wanted a bit more work. don't think there's many uh, running back one spots left in the league, but... He might come back, who knows? Uh, I sort of hope not because we've been touting Jerome Ford all off-season. Um, but onto the wide receiver room. Now, this is a, an interesting room, quite deep, loads of names, but we'll go through them. We've got Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Cedric Tillman, David Bell, Marquise Goodwin, Michael Woods, Jakeem Grant, Anthony Schwartz and Jalen Darden. So some really good big names. And there's also been some interesting names that have sort of bounced around a little bit. But I think out of this group, Obviously, Amari Cooper's the clear wide receiver one and arguably a massive value, I think, in fantasy. Wide receiver 10 last year in PPR leagues. I think he was wide receiver eight in standard. I don't think anyone plays standard anymore, but that's playing with Brissett and the, the artist formerly known as Deshaun Watson. So 132 targets last year. If Watson can get back to any sort of level, Cooper could be an absolute smash, I think. Never a, an interesting pick, though, is he, Cooper? But w- would you be interested in him at all? Yeah, if I was a contender this year and, and you could pick up Cooper for a decent price, then I'd definitely be interested because, like you say, he's the clear wide receiver one there and Watson tends to favour a, a guy as well, doesn't he? I think he Cooper always gets open as well. His route running is really, really good. Good feet, good off the line, always open. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a great chance for Cooper this year. And no one seems to rate him. He's always seems to be like someone people want to get rid of. But I think if you're a contender, he's definitely one to pick up, isn't he? Yeah, he's always available for like a any random late first, isn't he? Which just seems crazy, really, given that he's about to play with the, well, I'll say the best quarterback. Obviously, he's played with Dak and he's played with some good quarterbacks. But, you know, in terms of ceiling, I think Deshaun Watson's probably the, the highest ceiling quarterback he's played with. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm all along Cooper. And then another bit of favourites of the pod, we've got Donovan Peoples-Jones, we really like. I mean, I expect he'll probably be the outside wide receiver two to start the season, but he's a free agent at the end of next year. So um, I don't think they're going to keep him. They've obviously made some moves in the draft, but I think Elijah Moore, really good landing spot for him. Massive upgrade on what he's had at quarterback. Obviously, he's had Zach Wilson and a, you know absolute losers throwing the ball to him. Mike White is about the pinnacle of his career, which is tragic. Um, but he's got to produce now, hasn't he, Elijah Moore? We both really like him, and it's, uh, he's got to start producing. Yeah, I think now's the time. Like you say, he's got, he's got probably the best quarterback he's had, and you know, I think we're both huge fans of Elijah Moore. Love the skill set, love the play. I think we, I think we've probably owned him in about ninety percent of all leagues everywhere that we're in, don't we? Me or you or I? So, yeah, I think this is his chance. He's, he's got to produce now, though, because um, you know, time's running out for him, isn't it? 
Exactly, yeah. And uh, I mean, the rest of the roster, I think they've... Cedric Tillman's an interesting pick. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, obviously gone to my darling Giants, but um, I think Tillman's probably the the more rounded receiver and only a three-star prospect, but he's probably the long-term replacement for Donovan Peoples-Jones. We mentioned about the Bengals thinking a year ahead, and maybe that's the thinking here with Tillman. Steps in, replaces Donovan Peoples-Jones. Third-round pick, decent size, six foot three, 213 pounds. So he's got an alpha profile. Good production in Clemson in 2021, over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. So, yeah, interesting pick of Cedric Tillman. I don't think he's going to hit the ground running, to be honest. I don't think there's any need for him to. There's three receivers ahead of him. But I think a year from now, he could be a really interesting uh, player. So he might be one to stash. The rest of the room, David Bell, absolute rubbish. I think he ran about an eight-second 40. Um, Marquise Goodwin, absolute dust. Jakeem Grant's a nobody. Schwartz came out and he was just a bit of a sprinter, wasn't he? Didn't do anything at all. And Michael Woods, interesting preseason last year, but he actually tore his Achilles early this year. So he misses the whole of 2023. And Jalen Darden is a fellow short man. I really liked him, but he's just a bit too small. Really good production at a small school. Went to Tampa Bay and couldn't quite crack in. He's a bit of a special teamer, actually, Darden. So maybe that's why he's on this roster. Um, But out of that, I don't think any of those are going to do very much. Um, I really, um, really, I really, really like Cedric Tillman. I like the landing spot. I like the profile. And I, I think he's got a definite role there long term. Like you say, I think he's possibly been drafted as the long term replacement for uh, DPJ. But I think Tillman's definitely one to keep an eye on long term. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know when Cooper's contract's up as well, but I think he's 29 this season. So again, he's not going forever. So as you said, inside the next year, 18 months, Tillman could, in theory, be the wide receiver one on this roster because Cooper just seems to bounce around, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, but moving to the tight end room, um, a bit of an interesting one. So David Njoku, Jordan Akins, Harrison Bryant, and Zaire Mitchell-Payden. Um, so Njoku's a really good tight end target in drafts. He's in that sort of just outside the elite lads. And he's taking his time, but he might be finally set to explode with Deshaun Watson. Um, strangely, though, Njoku, the highest he's ever finished is what tight end nine and that was in 2018 that's his highest ever fantasy finish and he seems to have just retained this value despite never really being that consistent um despite that i'm quite in on him this year i think you seem to have him absolutely everywhere i keep firing up sleeper and checking and he's always in your roster and i think fuck's sake i'm not going to get him now um but yeah you're, you're a big fan of a joker aren't you yeah, I do like Njoku. He was always, you know, Browns are high on drafting guys really good metrically. So I don't even know if is metrically a word. I'm gonna I'm gonna adopt it. Yeah, we'll roll with it. Yeah, good. Yeah, Njoku was a big metrics favourite, so Browns are really high on that that sort of thing. They they monitor the stats, and he just took his time, didn't he? He was a big athletic freak, and he would drop a lot of balls and his pass blocking was okay, but not great. But he's really, really improved in all aspects of the game. You know, they say tight ends always take two to three years and Njoku really has. And I picked him off off waivers in one league last year. Someone just dropped him completely and it looked like he was done there. And then they gave him the big renewal, kind of showed some faith in him and he, he just took off, didn't he? He was, he was brilliant at the end of last year. So, yeah, I do like David Njoku. He's still quite young as well. So, yeah, I do like him. Yeah, again, we keep saying it, but the time is now, really. It's all set up for, for these guys to smash, so he's got to improve on that tight and nine finish for me. Um, but Aiken's just an old veteran. He's not going to do anything at all. Harrison Bryant left and quickly came back. Um, was a promising profile, but as soon as they paid Njoku, decent money as well. I think Bryant's, uh, Bryant's done. 
Um, but my very deep sleeper um, at tight end is Zaire Mitchell Payden. So um, this is a really deep guy. I don't think he's rostered in a single league that we're in at all. Um, but I think the reason I'm interested, it's a fairly shallow group behind Njoku and there's there's an option possibility for someone to step up. So he was signed on the practice squad last year. Uh, they signed him up this year to stay. Uh, they really like him in Cleveland. Big guy, six foot seven, only 240 pounds. So he's a bit of a move tight end. Come out of Notre Dame College. Um, Aikens might not even make make the roster, to be honest with you. And then potentially Zaire Mitchell Payden's an injury away from being active on game day. Really good red zone target. If they run 12 personnel, he could find himself on the field. Um, I think I'm probably the only loser. We're the only dweebs mentioning Zaire Mitchell Payden on any podcast, but really good size tight end, good move, good profile. Uh, really good buzz last year in camp. So he's one I'm just going to keep an eye on. I won't quite add him yet, but I think if Njoku misses time, he could be the one that steps in and, and gets some work. So uh, have you heard of ZMP? We'll, we'll keep that. Uh, I've heard of him, but I've not done much about him. So you, you've you've kind of opened my eyes to him. To be fair, when if, if you're called Zaire Mitchell Payden, then you're tight end one, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I think... Um, What's, what's the name of your loser at tight end? Connor Hayward, was it? So, yeah, we're, we're bringing Zaire Mitchell Payden and Connor Hayward to a podcast. And, you know, that, that just proves what dweebs we are, doesn't it? It's pathetic, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, I'm all in. Uh, I, I might roster both of them. I think, you know what, when you're looking in tight end premium leagues, so you do need to go shopping and try and find these these lads that you can pick up for absolutely nothing. And even if you start them twice a year because of injuries and might be able to move him on for a third in the Titan Premier League. You have to look at these things because tight end is just a disaster, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a wasteland. And these the, the tight ends, you can get them come out of nowhere as well, can't you? So it's definitely uh, a market to monitor. Yeah, well, uh, that's it. We'll end uh, AFC North on, on Zaya Mitchell Payden. Yeah, so over to the AFC East. Um, I'm up first with the uh, Buffalo Bills. So... Obviously, the three quarterbacks there, Josh Allen, Kyle Allen, and Matt Barkley. Personally, I'd like to have seen another Allen, so they could have had all Allens, but, you know, that's their prerogative. Um, they may, um, they've may they added pieces, I think, to the roster now to maybe cut down on Josh Allen's rushing just to protect him long-term. Damian Harris, they've added a, very much a grinder and a goal line back, and I, I guess they'll be hoping that he takes some of that running work from Josh Allen because I just think they want to protect him more long-term now, don't they? Carl Allen, um, I think we've seen before, fine, dependable backup in the NFL. He's okay. Matt Barkley, he's a, he's a, he's a decent um, QB3. He's been in the system there for a few years now and knows the system and knows the players. So, yeah, he's, he's a fine quarterback free. Do you like the quarterback room there? Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, it... Jack, my, my man Jake from uh, was was uh, on this room last year, and he came across the Giants. I genuinely convinced myself at one point that Jake from was going to be the Giants' quarterback one. As tragic as that is, so maybe that was more than a year ago, but terrible. But yeah, I like the room. Kyle Allen, as you said, a bit of a boring, reliable backup. He's had some starting seasons in the NFL, so it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. He's just reliable there, isn't he? I think Case Keenan was there last year, and. Kyle Allen will do the same job, won't he? And Matt Barkley's fine as, as a QB free. So on to the uh, onto the running backs. We've got Damian Harris, James Cook, Naheem Hines, and Latavius Murray. So, as I was saying earlier, Damian Harris, um, early down grinder. He's a great goal end back for me. I think he's a really, really good rusher. Really, really liked him at the Patriots the last couple of years. Um, scores a lot of points as well. He's quite underrated in fantasy, but 
you know, people are put off by his pass catching, which he actually can do, but Patriots didn't use him in that way. So I really like the uh, the move for Damien Harris, and I think he's um, he's one to pick up if you can pick him up. You know, fairly cheap, always seems to score points. I think he's going to get um, some good points at the Bills this year. James Cook, he could also be another value pick this year. Um, he could get some early work, and then he's also going to get quite a lot of third down work because the pass catching is where he, um, he where he sort of makes his money. So two really good backs there, and Damian Harris and James Cook, and you've also got Naeem Hines, purely a third down back. Really, will maybe do a little bit of early work, but he's also on special teams. I know he got the uh, the two kick returns, didn't he, in the Demar Hamlin, the game after Demar Hamlin. So. Yeah, special teams, very shifty, catches well, but he, he looks to be behind Cook right now. They've also got Latavius Murray. They signed him in the last few weeks. Just a nice, experienced depth piece. Just does everything really well. You don't stay in the league as a running back until you're 31, 32, unless you do everything well. He pass blocks well. He can catch if he needs to. Still decent running between the tackles. A really nice, solid depth piece. You know, people always seem to be adding Latavius Murray halfway through the season or near the end of the season when they need a running back and he's still one of the only ones standing. It's just a really good depth piece to have around a real-life NFL squad and him and Harris could do some of the early work and you've got Cook and Hines that can cover each other for the third down work. But, uh, do you like the running back room there? Do you know what? I, I do, but I don't. I mean, if you actually look at this on paper, it's arguably one of the, the weaker running back rooms in the league, but I quite like it. I quite like it. They just don't really care. I think this is... This is what the NFL's becoming now. And the days of these big bell cow backs that get all the work are just done, aren't they? And I think between Harris and Cook, you've potentially got quite a good little mix there. And as you said, Murray just does everything well. And Naheem Hines might step in on some third down work. And it's, it's quite a good little complement of, of backs, isn't it? Yeah, they, they like you say, they really complement um, each other well. And yeah, it's a, it's a nice little running back core, isn't it? I mean, people are always uh, mentioning them taking a running back in the draft, but they just don't care, do they? I don't know they took James Cook, but what was he, his second or third round, wasn't he? But they they just don't care. They're, they're happy to, to do it as they're doing it. And I think it's probably the best way to go, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, I'm sure that Zeke seems to be touting himself out to the entire league. There was talk that... He wanted to go to Tampa Bay, but the beat writers there are very quickly saying that Tampa have got no interest in Zeke. And I'm sure that he'll be telling himself to Buffalo next. Um, who wants to go in the cold in Buffalo? But if you want a ring, that's the place to, to try and go to. But I just can't see why they'd want to add Zeke. I mean, Harris offers you pretty much what Zeke does, but probably a bit more upside at this stage of his career. Yeah, I agree. So on to the, uh, yeah. the wide receivers. We've got Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, Trent Sherfield. Deontay Hardy, Justin Shorter, Keyshawn Johnson, Isaiah Coulter and Desmond Patmon. So for me, Stefan Diggs, the clear wide receiver one, he's going to get most of the volume there. Um, he's been really, really good the last four years. I think I saw a tweet earlier that his numbers from the last four years have been really, really good. And he's been the standout receiver on the Bills for, well, since he's been there, really. Josh Allen's guy as well, isn't he? So... Yeah, clear standout wide receiver one. And I know you took him in a draft early, didn't you? I did. And I seem to have, you know, what? I've got so many teams and I noticed I've got all the same players everywhere. And this draft that we're doing at the moment, this startup, I'm just trying to be a bit different and the draft is falling to me. So yeah, I took Stefan Diggs as my wide receiver one and usually steer away from these older guys. But I think he's just a, a really, really good wide receiver and you're going to get at least a couple of years out of him, aren't you, at the top level? So yeah, he's, he's just excellent and 
didn't think he'd do this well. Obviously, when he was buried in in uh, Minnesota for a while, did we? Yeah, I'm not a massive fan of him personally, but you, you can only respect what he's done. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give it to him. But uh, Gabe Davis contract year needs to do more really to stay beyond uh, this season. He's had chances to be the wide receiver two there the last year, and he's not really put up the numbers. Um, I know that people were in on him at the start of last year, and he, he was uh, he really let some people down and let some sides down. I'm I'm not a massive fan. I think I've got him in one league where he was thrown into a deal, but yeah, I've never really been high on Gabe Davis. Khalil Shakir, for me, he's a, he's a sneaky ad. I think we both spoke about it uh, recently. Could be uh, the ad for slot work, and he can also work on the outside, but. I think Shakir's um, usage is going to depend a lot on how um, Dalton Kincaid is used in the slot for the Bills because there's a lot of rumours that they've drafted him to use as, as their kind of big slot move tight end. So that may uh, that may harm Khalil Shakir, but I guess we'll see. He can play outside as well, as, as I said earlier. So just one to keep an eye on. Trent Sherfield, uh, a system-wide receiver, really. Good all-round, good run-blocking. Decent depth piece on the 49ers last year and they ended up playing him a few snaps and he was fine. But yeah, just a guy really. Deontay Hardy, very, very slight, small but shifty. Kind of replaces Isaiah McKenzie with his potential to play the slot and also uh, the bulk of the special teams work. I know a few years ago you was uh, quite high on Hardy, wasn't you? I was, yeah. Again, we, we like to go bargain basement shopping for some of these guys. And he was a guy that I picked out after his rookie season in, in New Orleans. And he made the Pro Bowl for sort of special teams work. And he's just a just a really good pro. And I think if he was a bit bigger, he'd have uh, had a slightly more interesting career. But yeah, I do like him. I've, I don't really have much interest in, in Dynasty because I don't think there's going to be the work there. But I think he's just a good player, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, we're mostly talking about fantasy, but he's actually quite a good guy to like in real NFL, isn't he? He's, he's small, but he's shifty, and uh, he's always fun to watch, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, good good situation to go to, really, if you're going to join a team and get some work, go and do it for a, a team that's chasing chasing the championship. So, yeah, good luck to him. So there's also Justin Shorter, drafted this year. Maybe one to watch, really. He's, he's built like an absolute tank, and... I think long-term, again, as we spoke about the Browns and the Bengals earlier, they could have taken Justin Shorter one year ahead of uh, of the Gabe Davis um, free agency where he could move on and Shorter comes in and replaces him. Similar profile, um, possession receiver and similar size as well. But um, yeah, they may be getting Shorter in a year early to, to replace Gabe Davis long-term. Isaiah Coulter, um, he was a former sleeper of mine way back in the day. And it just shows that these sleepers that we have, sometimes they go on and do absolutely nothing. So the Texans took him, uh, I think about three years ago. But he's a size, uh, speed specimen, big body, and, and he's quick as well. But he's likely just a camp body for the Bills at this point. So uh, just a cautionary tale there of a former sleeper of mine in Isaiah Coulter. What do you make of the room? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the interesting one for me, I, I really like Justin Shorter. When they picked him, I, I thought, what on earth have they done here? But the more I look into Justin Shorter and the profile, I think it's a nice pick. And I've taken him in the fifth round of a few rookie drafts right at the end and just stashed him away. And there's definitely an opportunity there. I think, as you said, a lot depends on what they're going to do with Kincaid and how much he eats into that slot work. If he does eat into the slot work, as we think, then we might only see production out of a couple of these lads and Diggs is going to get so much work. It's uh, it's mad, but there's room for one to step up, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. 
But um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, wide receiver room, I think, for the Bills this year. There's a few guys that could uh, could step into roles there. I think there's a couple of spots that are open. So um, onto the tight end room. Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, Quinton Morris and Zach Davidson. So Dawton Kincaid, uh, he looks to have an excellent role in his rookie season. He's rising up draft boards. He could legit be the uh, the Bills' main starting slot guy. Uh, excellent receiver. Um, I'm not completely set on taking him in, in fantasy because I think he's he's gone too high for me now. And I just think there's better value tight ends later on in the uh, rookie draft and in actual drafts. But potentially could have a really good role on, on a really good passing offense. So um, maybe one to target in tight end premium leagues. Dawson Knox, good all-round tight end, good blocker, really good red zone option. Uh, he's actually quite athletic, but he's never really consistently produced as a receiver. I think this is also his uh, contract season. So again, the Bills have got ahead of themselves and got Kincaid in a year early. So um, probably Knox will be faded out as he, as he gets around to his contract year and um, becomes a free agent next year. I think they signed him up actually earlier in the season. So I think he's actually there for the for the long haul now, Knox. Oh, really? um, yeah, I don't think he's on huge money, but he'll be he'll be in the room. But I think he's going to be just a, a solid veteran, isn't he? Yeah, probably the backup piece for Kincaid then, isn't he, long term? But he's had chances to produce previously and he's never really been consistent, has he? No, he's, I've got him in a couple of leagues and he's one of those annoying tight ends that you, you can't really get rid of him, but you can't trade him because no one wants him, but you can't cut him. He's just yeah, really annoying guy to roster. So probably about to get even more annoying, I think, with uh, the Kim K talk. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the two guys at the end, Quinton Morris, fairly undersized at 6'2 and doesn't really have any strong athletic traits and he's mainly used on blocking assignments. So uh, very little interest. Zach Davidson, purely a blocking tight end. So, yeah, another guy that we're not really interested in. So um, that completes the uh, tight end room. So what do you make of it? Kincaid, the man, you going to get that role, is he, early? I think so, yeah. I like you, though. I'm not overly interested purely because I think he, he's just creeping up those draft boards and it's all projections. And I just don't know if the value's there. I've got him in a couple because last year I blew up a few rosters and just had loads of draft picks. So I've treated myself to a bit of Kincaid, but... I don't know if I want to be taking him in sort of the sort of late first in non-Titan premium leagues of rookie drafts. So it's just a bit too rich for me when you can, I've picked up Michael Mayer actually in, in sort of five or six picks later. And I think the value is just a bit better there. So yeah, I do like Kincaid, but it's a bit rich for me. What about you? Yeah. Just like I said earlier, just a bit rich for me. And there's, there's a, a rookie tight end that I love as well. So you've seen who I've been taking in the, uh, in the rookie draft. <laughs> I've seen you'd rather move back and get your big mate Sam Laporta. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's 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 been my play really. Yeah, I, I don't, but I think that's where the value is, isn't it? Just step back and get some uh, get some extra draft capital and take one of these other guys. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll be made to look silly when King Cage sets new records, but <laughs> exactly, happy, yeah. Ha- yeah, happy to miss out really at that sort of price. But yeah, I'm sure he's going to be great, but not that level for me. Yeah, over to you. Um, yeah, I'll take us out. Um, out east and the New England Patriots. So um, Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator. So massive dwee, but I think he's just a huge upgrade, isn't he, on Matt Patricia? It was just a disaster last year. So hopefully uh, we'll see this be a bit of an improvement. Um, but starting in the quarterback room, a uh, bit of an interesting room, really, given the the talk. We've got Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, and Malik Cunningham. So, I mean, Mac Jones out the gate is almost certainly going to be the starter, but it's clear that there's something going on here between him and Bill Belichick. 
Bills had so many chances to publicly back Mac as the starter and he just won't do it. And I think Bill's the sort of character that the more you push him, the more he's just not going to cave and admit anything. So I think Mac's the starter, but I suspect he's going to be on a short leash. And if he doesn't quite nail this new offense and doesn't start producing, then I think Bailey Zappi could could step in because he came in last season and, and looked all right. I say all right because that's pretty much all he was. Um, he's a bit of a system quarterback, Bailey Zappi, and could have a shot if Mac Jones can't get it done. But see lots of stuff on social media. Bailey Zappi's taking loads of the uh, the wide receivers out to basketball games and all this sort of stuff. And I don't know, it just looks a bit strange. If I'm the lead quarterback and my backup's taking my teammates out every week, it just looks a bit weird. So, yeah, I mean, Malik Cunningham, I think we both like as a bit of a, a developmental guy. He's too small, though, really. I think he's about 190 pounds and six foot. He's a good rushing quarterback. You might see him get involved in some wildcat work. Um, but yeah, I mean, are you interested in Mac Jones? It seems just a, a really weird situation. Uh, never been interested in Mac Jones. Uh, don't own him anywhere. Never will. Never going to be interested. Uh, just complete boring quarterback for me. I've, yeah, never had any interest whatsoever. Um, I like you. I, I think Bill's fed up with him as well. I don't think he likes his attitude, but. I think he'll get the chance with Bill O'Brien, but as you said, I think it'll be a short leash. Um, Bailey Zappi come in, and a lot of Patriots fans would rather go with Zappi to start anyway. So um, I don't think uh, Max got too many fans there. I mean, we know a couple of Patriot fans, and they'd uh, I think they'd rather Zappi play and Mac sort of disappear, wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean that's why I've picked up Zappi really late on in startup draft, just because I think stash him away there's every chance if he's not getting it done I don't know week four week five you can see the tide start to turn and particularly in this division the division has taken a massive step up I think across the board and the, the Patriots just haven't so uh, yeah if they're not doing anything with Mac I think Zappi could step in I don't think Zappi's the long-term answer he's, a, he's just a system quarterback but if he's getting the job done yeah he could step in um but moving on to the running back room, this is a, a weird one as well. So we've got Ramondre Stevenson, Pierre Strong Jr., Kevin Harris, James Robinson and Ty Montgomery. Um, and I think everybody expected the Pats to draft a running back because they do all the time. Um, but they didn't. Didn't really add anything at all. So it looks like Ramondre Stevenson could get an absolute ton of work. So... Yeah, uh, I've never really been that in on Ramondre Stevenson, but I think he's about to get a shitload of work and that could uh, pay off in fantasy. Um, but there's always that James White role in, in New England. So somebody has to pick up that third down work and that receiving work. And yeah, the question is, who's it going to be? I know that we've spoken a few times about Pierre Strong versus Kevin Harris. And I think Kevin Harris might be the more comparable replacement if Ramondre misses any time. But I think Strong could could be in for some of that third down work came out with a really good profile and often in that Patriot system you see rookies don't really get a look and it's a second year where they start start mixing in um so yeah somebody's going to step up here Robinson a lot of talk he's not even going to make it out of camp they I think they paid him a fair bit of money it's a couple of million but it doesn't really mean much does it and talk is just going to not even make the roster which um bit of a come down from running back four overall in his rookie season as an undrafted free agent in Jacksonville and then Ty Montgomery, I'm sure he'll probably be sticking on the roster and a bit of special teams work and he'll mix in a bit. But um, any interest in this running back room? I know you like uh, Kevin Harris is a bit of a deep guy, but who do you think steps up here? Yeah, I mean, the thing with the Patriots is you just never know, do you? You never know who Bill's going to favour. I mean, it, I don't know if um, 
JJ's still there. The other guy, the little midget guy, what's his name? JJ, JJ Taylor. Yeah. I think he's, I think he might still be knocking about. It'll end up be him, won't it? Wouldn't surprise me. It's always he five foot five, isn't he? So, um, yeah, again, I, I like the small guys. <laughs> no, but I but, do, um, um, I do, I do like, uh, both strong and Harris. It's just, you never know which one's going to come in. Do you? I mean, it could even be Ty Montgomery for third down work, but you just never know. But I definitely think there's a, there's a role for strong or Harris. It's just, uh, it's just a gamble on which one, isn't it? That's exactly it. And I, Ramondre Stevenson's a weird guy in that I don't own him in a single league. And as much as I think he's going to get a load of work, the price for me is just absolutely nuts. We're in a league together and we saw him go for Derek Henry in a 2023 first recently, which I just found madness really that the price of Stevenson, um, particularly given how Patriots have historically used running back. So yeah, I'm sure he's going to be brilliant, but I'm probably not going to roster him anywhere. Certainly not in Dynasty. I just find the cost a bit too much. Yeah, I agree. Um, moving on to the wide receiver room. Interesting, boring. I, d- I don't quite know what to make of it, but we've got um, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Tyquan Thornton, Keishon Butte, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Demario uh, Douglas, Lynn Bowden, Trey Nixon and Rayleigh Webb. I mean... This is a, a, a bit of a mere uh, wide receiver room, really. But Bill O'Brien's the the OC. It has a bit of upside. Um, I think Juju's just going to get so many targets here. If that's Mac or if it's Bailey Zappi, I think he's just going to get a load of work, that intermediate volume work. They paid him fairly well. Three-year deal, wasn't it? $25 million. I think he's going to get a lot of, lot of targets here. Um, but the question really is who else is going to step up? And for me, I'm interested in Tyquan Thornton. Um, I think he's just got a bit of a unique skill set. Really, really quick. Runs a 4-3, 40. Um, bit of a deep threat. I don't think they've got much else on this roster that can operate like that. Outside Kendrick Bourne, who they really soured on last year for, for some strange reason. And, uh, I mean, he was a second-round pick last year, so they've got a bit invested in this guy. And uh, you know, Bill O'Brien's got previous of, of working with receivers like this. I mean, look at Will Fuller a few years ago. I think Tycon thought, and if they settle down at the uh, quarterback position, could be in line for a bit of a breakout. I think we're in a, a league recently that gives you bonuses for sort of uh, downfield work, the sort of the boom bust receiving work. And I think in that format, he's quite an interesting guy because um, he's going to get that stretch field work. Uh, Keishon Butte, we've discussed a little bit. Really like the upside here. I think they paid a, a sixth round pick and, at that level, it's all upside, isn't it? And uh, it's really difficult playbook for a rookie, though. So, question is, could he uh, could he nail that playbook early? Is he going to make it out of camp? What do you reckon? I mean, the is the skill is the the talent is clearly there with Butte, but he's had the really bad ankle injury and questionable attitude problems. But now he's he's gone to the Patriots. It really is all there for him if he wants it, isn't it? Because if he does produce, if he does remain consistent if he does commit to everything and, and he's good he's going to get huge chances at the Patriots because there's not a lot else there is there that, that's exactly it I mean it's all there for him it's just it's traditionally a hard a hard playbook to master as a rookie and if he's not got the right attitude it's um you know could go either way really hope it works out for him because as you said it, n- not many positions you could land in that would be better for a, a rookie to learn the game than uh, New England and I mean, outside of that, you've got, you know, just a, a load of classic Patriots wide receivers, really Kendrick Bourne, Lim Bowden, um, Trey Nixon, Rayleigh Webb. These are just uh, nobody's really functional bums that will, I'm sure, have a couple of weeks. 
Uh, the interesting one is Devontae Parker. I don't quite know what they're going to do with him, really. Um, he just seems to have been around forever, and he's only really had that one useful season. He's just not quite ever been consistent, has he? And I think Boutte, if he hits, could be the, the logical outside replacement for Parker. Um, Demaro Douglas, bit of a weird pick, really. He's quite small, five for eight, 179 pounds. Sixth round pick. He's a small slot guy. Um, I don't think he's going to have much fantasy relevance, but you know what the Patriots are like. He'll get a bit of work and and that sort of thing. But I think if Juju's in the slot, got a three-year deal, I can't see Douglas getting much work, can you? No, I don't think so at first. And I think those slot guys take a little while to, to fit into the Patriots system. I think he does a bit of special teams as well, Douglas. So that's probably where you're going to see him early on in his uh, Patriots career. But uh, Rayleigh Webb sounds like a bike to me, and I've got no interest in that. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, no interest at all. Um, Ty Endrum, uh, Mike Kosicki, Hunter Henry and Max, so- is it Sokol? Uh, my pronunciation is terrible on this pod. Um, no interest either way. It doesn't matter to me. Um, but Mike Kosicki, Hunter Henry. Um, Kosicki, just a bit of an athletic freak, isn't he? Incredible measurables and such a weird year last year in Miami because they, I think they tagged him, didn't they? And just didn't bother using him, didn't get any work. And it was just a bit of a weird situation. Um, Patriots have wasted so much capital and draft picks on tight ends. But I think the upside of Grasicki is excellent. And he's definitely an upgrade on Johnny Smith, who he's pretty much the direct replacement for. And you actually sniped me for Grasicki in a, a bit of a tight end premium league a week or so ago. So uh, what are your thoughts on Grasicki versus Hunter Henry? Yeah, I mean, they could end up cancelling each other out and you'll only get spike weeks with them when the other guy is out. But I, I really like Gasicki on, on the Patriots offence. Um, Bill O'Brien was at Penn State, wasn't he? And uh, who was the tight end at Penn State? I honestly can't recall. It was Mike Gasicki. Was it really? That's yeah, uh, so, good knowledge. So Bill O'Brien goes back with him and I think he requested him on the team this year as well. So I think it's a Bill O'Brien signing. He's had him at college and now he's got him at the Pats. So um, that's one of the reasons I was high on Kosicki this year. So Henry's fine, but um, yeah, you may only get spike weeks when one or the other one's out. So um, yeah, I guess they're both fine, but yeah, the spike will only be when one's out, I think. Yeah, I agree. Hunter Henry said it a few times. He's another classic roster clogger and that you can't really cut him, particularly in tight end premium leagues, but if you, you can't start him, particularly now with Kosicki there. So uh, I'm not going to discuss the other one, a complete waste of time. So yeah, interesting roster, I think, in, in New England. And it really depends on what happens at the quarterback position and whether Bill O'Brien can get a tune out of that offense. But um, yeah, some interesting pieces, I think. Yeah, I think Bill, um, Uncle Bill is going to focus more on the defence this year, they reckon, and um, he's going to win boring games, I think. I think that's how they're going to do it. Yeah, it suits them. Um, yeah, I mean, they need to do something in this division. It's going to be a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very competitive division. So, um, talking of competitive division, we'll move on to the uh, New York Jets in the AFC East. So, brought in Nathaniel Hackett as the OC. So, Nathaniel Hackett brought into his second job now with the uh, hope of attracting big baby Rogers. And it finally worked after the Broncos, uh, where they failed to get the big baby. So <laughs> the quarterback room this year, Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle and Chris Streveler. So Rogers, obviously the clear quarterback one, the upgrade the Jets probably needed with the where they're at as a franchise right now. Um, how does long does Rogers have left? Uh, can he can he make it work in a new environment? Obviously, Hackett will help him. He, um, Rogers has spoke glowingly of uh, 
Nathaniel Hackett and uh, he's worked with him previously. So, yeah, it's just about how long he's got left, really, Rogers, isn't he? What is he, 38, 39? Yeah, I think he's 39, isn't he? And, um, you know, that that weird clause in the trade that I think if he plays 60% of the snaps this year, they have to give up another pick in 24. And surprisingly, they didn't have some sort of contingency if he retires at the end of the season because they could be on the hook for, presumably, he's definitely going to play 60%. And suddenly they're paying a 24 pick and Rodgers is retired. So, yeah, that's a bit of a risk. That would be incredibly Jets, wouldn't it? That really would be. I mean, I, I just think Rogers is so arrogant, though, that he's going to want to try and maybe not match Brady, but he wants to get up in, in that sort of age, doesn't he, and prove that he's as good as Brady. He's just got this weird inferiority complex. So I think he'll probably keep going for a couple of years and there'll be the usual talk every summer, won't there? Is he going to leave or oh, retire? No. We don't need that. It's not over, mate. Oh, it's not no. over, no. So uh, the rest of the quarterback room, Zach Wilson, obviously a formula, uh, formula? former number two pick, now as a backup role to Aaron Rodgers. But um, the positive there is that Aaron Rodgers is actually Zach Wilson's idol. So he's got a chance to learn from him. Uh, I don't think the door's closed on Wilson because if you're a number two pick in the whole draft, I think you're going to get chances again. It's just whether Zach Wilson's in a a position to take them in future. Um, He's going to sit behind Rodgers for maybe a year or two. I guess it's about what he can pick up, how he can learn and what he can develop in. So... Nice little chance for Wilson to maybe sit in the shadows and, and learn. Tim Boyle, uh, a backup that Rogers knows well and specifically knows the scheme that Hackett will run. I think he had him in Green Bay as a backup there, so he's purely for the system. Chris Treveller, uh, practice squad QB. He's, he's a dual threat and uh, a decent run. I think he was on the Cardinals previously as well, but I think he's on a futures contract there, but um, likely just a practice squad quarterback. What do you make of the uh, quarterback room? Is it is it over for Zach Wilson? I mean, I've got no interest in Chris Streveler. Let's just get that out there. I mean, that's a disaster. Um, I mean, it's not over for Wilson. As you said, he's a number two overall pick. He, he's going to get a chance at some point. I mean, look at Sam Darnold. What's he in year six? And there's talk that he could start the season as the 49ers quarterback one. And yeah, I don't think it's over, but he's been he's been dreadful. I mean, he just looks weak. He doesn't look like he's got the the aura or the profile of a a leading quarterback. He's not a leader, so I mean, he's got a lot of development to do. But if you're going to learn behind someone, you just hope he learns the the football rather than the nonsense from Rogers. And don't want to see Zach Wilson in some sort of cave next summer um, with a load of mushrooms. It's just not really a, a thing, is it? So yeah, I don't think it's over, but it would be a a long shot, I think, really. Yeah, he was dreadful when he played, wasn't he? I don't think he helped himself in that press conference after when he refused to sort of take it on the head, didn't he? Yeah, and I just think he rolled rolled his teammates up. And I think as a quarterback, you just have to own it, don't you? And there was a couple of tweets and things being liked. And I think once that happens, once the veterans are against you, you just, you can't really make it back, can you? It's going to be tough for the kid. Yeah, definitely. So onto the uh, the running back room. So we've got Brees Hall, Zonovan, Bam, Knight. Michael Carter, Israel Abanakanda, and Travis Dyer. So, Brees Hall, obviously, on his way back from an ACL tear, um, apparently a clean tear, and, and the talk is that he's going to make it back early into camp and hopefully be ready for the start of week one. There's no real concerns from the Jets uh, over his condition. Um, for me, um, I'm a massive, massive Brees Hall fan, and I think he's got a chance to be in the top five um, dynasty running backs overall. Uh, Zonovan Bam Knight, uh, I think, believe he was an undrafted free agent last year, but he came in for a spell of games last year and he, he was really good. He did really well. He had a, he's got a free down skill set as well, but 
he actually could have been nuked now by uh, Israel Abanakanda. So they took Abanakanda this year. Um, really, really good athletic profile, really fast. And um, he's still young as well. I think he's only 20 years old, but a bit of a weird pick by the Jets, which I don't know if it suggests that there's issues around Hall's injury or whether they want to spell him more by using Abanakanda. But um, yeah, he was taken this year by the Jets. Uh, really good profile. Metrics are really good. Um, just wonder what work he's going to get um, if Brees Hall's fit. That's the, uh, that's the only issue. Uh, Michael Carter could get some early work, but um, he's mainly there for third downs because he's a really good pass catcher. Travis Dye is an undrafted free agent out of USC, and he runs a 4.87, which for a running back is an absolute disgrace, and I don't even want to talk about him anymore. Do you know what? I picked him up in an early draft that we did, um, pre-combine and all that sort of stuff. He's on my taxi. I'm cutting him now from the taxi, live on the show. Um, So the early draft league, uh, Travis Dye, (laughs) <laughs> drop he's off the roster I'm, I'm not having that so uh, he's done I mean who runs Cut a live on air. I mean you can run a 483 can't you I mean you're still in a, a stone cold Steve Austin brace and I'm fairly sure you could do a 49 can you I mean I, that is that's unacceptable I, I I mean what is he 200 pounds I mean that is unbelievable um yeah I mean there are certain running backs the uh the bowling ball running backs that speed isn't that much of an issue, but I'm fairly sure Zach Moss runs like a four six five. How are you running a four eight seven? Do you reckon Malcolm Brown's beating that? A hundred. That, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, the bowling ball. Let's have a look at Malcolm Brown's forty yard time. You carry on. I'm going to look up Malcolm Brown's forty time because I'm I'm guarantee he's beating Travis Dyer. So yeah, if 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 what we're saying then, if so, if Malcolm Brown beats Travis Dyer, then Travis Dyer's got no future in the league whatsoever, has he? Absolutely not. So I'm, I'm loading it live. Malcolm Brown's 40-yard time is coming up. Um, he ran a 4.62. I mean, that is oh. unacceptable. 4.87 He's yeah, 0.25 uh, seconds behind Malcolm Brown. So Dyer's not going to make it. He won't make He won't make uh, the final 53. No chance. Yeah, he's done. What do you make of the other running backs, though? You concern any, any concern around Brees Hall? You know, I've not really got the concern and... <laughs> Abanikanda was a shame because I think we both liked him to potentially land somewhere else, but maybe this is just how the league's going. And, you know, the Jets really want to compete. They've obviously gone for this uh, big baby at quarterback for a reason. And maybe they just don't want the massive drop off. If Brees Hall does miss any time, they want someone to be able to step in. So maybe it's just really good insurance. I mean, what was he, a fourth round pick? Um, it's not a huge investment, is it? Was it third or fourth? So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not concerned about Hall. I really like him. I'd probably still have him as my dynasty running back probably three, I think, maybe behind Bijan and uh, Jonathan Taylor, um, possibly. But, uh, yeah, he's up there, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. What about um, Bam Knight's just been killed, really, as, as we had him as a buyer, didn't we? But um, I, I agreed with all the reasons that we had him for, as a buyer, especially in the early season work, but that's that's slightly killed now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he was by with a massive caveat, wasn't he, if he makes it out of the draft and... I suppose the logically, if, if we said Zonovan Knight's a buy because he might get some early season work, we can't then criticise them for taking a Banacanda because that work potentially goes to him, who on paper should be better than Zonovan Knight. So, yeah, maybe it might work out well and a Banacanda might get some early early work, but um, it certainly won't be Travis Dye, put it that way. So, uh, on to the receivers. So, uh, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Nicole Hardman, Randall Cobb, Denzel Mims, Corey Davis and Malik Taylor. So, Garrett Wilson could be set for a huge role this year. He needs to find familiarity with Rodgers, obviously, because we know what Rodgers is like. He uh, 
he likes his specific receivers, doesn't he? He does. And he was talking him up the other day and he, he talked because he, he wears number 17 and that's what Devontae Adams wore in, in Green Bay and started talking about he's got similar traits to a former 17 he used to play with. Now, I don't know if Garrett Wilson's going to be Devontae Adams, but the, the massive ceiling with, uh, with Rodgers, isn't he? Yeah, I think Garrett Wilson had a really, really good rookie season. Um, really explosive and, and fun to watch. And I, I do I do really think he's going to have a, a really big season ahead. Um, I've tried to get him where I can. I, got, I picked him up in a few before the uh, draft for those sort of mid-round firsts. So I was happy to pick him up. But um, Alan Lazard um, does a lot of the dirty work at wide receiver. He's a great run blocker and um, he's kind of a security blanket for Rogers on third down. Just um classic Ravens wide receiver to me. But uh, Nicole Hardman projects to be working out of the slot, maybe in a in a share with Randall Cobb. Can also play special teams and as we saw with the Chiefs, can also be used out of sweeps and out of the backfield and various gadget plays. Randall Cobb uh, is clearly an Aaron Rodgers guy. He's basically been dust for me for the last five years, but Rodgers seems to like having him around for some reason. I don't know, maybe they go out to dinner and drinks and I don't know but yeah he, he likes Randall Cobb around for some reason finished as a player and he struggles to stay fit but the the Jets felt the need to keep the big baby happy so they signed him uh, Denzel Mims once an online darling of the uh, metrics guys um, sides size and speed he, he had everything but uh, didn't really produce uh, he had injury issues and then he apparently had some uh Lost a load of weight because he ate some dodgy salmon or something. It just it was just quite a lot of excuses in coming out. But uh, yeah, excellent speed, size, profile. He's shown glimpses every now and then, but it's never really lasted. And I think he's hitting year four now, so he's gone next year. Corey Davis provides a similar function to Lazard, really, for the Jets in the last two years, but uh, could find himself as a wide receiver four on the team. I, I, I think that Corey Davis is definitely traded before the season starts I know they spoke the other day about they're keeping him but I definitely think they're going to trade him if they get a chance Malik Taylor uh, another role player depth piece from Green Bay that apparently Hackett and Rogers like so they're just trying to keep the big baby happy aren't they yeah it's a, it's mad the amount of power that he has and for, for a man who moaned about his weapons in Green Bay he seems to bring them all over to New York it's uh I don't think other than Garrett Wilson this receiving room isn't much better than what he's had before is it really no I don't I, I think it's take Garrett Wilson out of there and that's a very very average room isn't it yeah and I think you're right about Corey Davis a lot of talk they want to keep him but I just don't if you're Corey Davis what is he 28 29, uh, he's not going to want to be the wide receiver four or five on this team. So, uh, yeah, I do think he'll find himself elsewhere by the season start. But, um, yeah, very average room, which is why I think Garrett Wilson is just in line for an absolute monster year. I mean, he could very well get, you know, 100-plus targets quite easily, uh, if not a lot more. Could be looking at 130, 140-target season for Garrett Wilson with a very, very accurate quarterback. So, yeah, I think Wilson's in the conversation for probably just outside the sort of wide receiver force in Dynasty, um, probably just behind the big three. Yeah, definitely. And I, I was annoyed that you took him earlier as well because I was taking him. I've had a good draft there, actually. I'm quite pleased with that. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go all out, I reckon. Might even maybe, have the big baby yeah. next. Who knows? Maybe uh, one six is now your official favourite spot. It might be. It might be if it comes out. I think uh, I've got to stop drafting running backs early. That's always my, my downfall. But, um, yeah, trying to get away from that. 
So onto the uh, Jets tight end room. So we've got Tyler Conklin, CJ Ozama, and Jeremy Ruckett and Zach Kuntz. Uh, Tyler Conklin, good NFL player, blocks well, and he's fine in the receiving game. Uh, nothing special either, but he's just a really good pro. Um, was good for the Vikings when he was there as well. Not going to wow you, but just does uh, the basics really well. CJ Ozama, you can really say the same things about him. Um, he's a better blocker than Conklin, but he's just very solid in all aspects. Never pulling up any trees, but just useful more in real life NFL. Guys like Conklin and Uzoma do really good functions for the team and seem to be well-liked by people on the roster as well. Jeremy Ruckett, very much a blocking tight end with not much athleticism and uh, not much of a receiving profile, so very little interest there for me. Zach Kuntz is an athletic freak, so he's 6'7", um, incredible athletic measurables. I think he was the best-rated tight end in regards to measurables, wasn't he? I think he was, yeah. He's the number one overall in uh, in RAS score from the Combine. So he's best comparable uh, to Mike Gazicki and potentially a very good red zone target. Reports that he's quite clunky and, and stiff in his roots and maybe that's something he can develop down the line. So maybe to, one to keep an eye on is uh, Zach Coons because there's not really uh, a big receiving threat at tight end, is there, for the Jets? No, not at all. I think out of this room, the one that if I'm in desperate need of a tight end, uh, probably Tyler Conklin, I think, is the could offer some decent value as like a little plug and play starter in, in Titan premium leagues. Someone's got to get some work there. And, you know, Rogers has shown that he's a, uh, he can operate and, and serve a tight end. So out of that group, I think Conklin's the one to get some short-term production. Coons might be worth a stash. As we've said, he's a bit of an athletic freak. He's so awkward to watch. I said a few weeks ago, when you watch him, he just looks like a massive redwood tree falling in the end zone. He's just a disaster after the catch. So, yeah, very awkward. Um, as you said, Rucker, he's just uh, not really athletic and I don't really think there's going to do much. He was fairly touted last year when he came out, but I can't see Rogers trusting someone like that. He's going to like Conklin and Uzoma. They're the sort of boring bums and inevitably Mercedes-Lewis probably comes across, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. We've got to get another uh, another friend of the big baby, haven't we? But yeah, I agree with you. I, I like Tyler Conklin. I think he's the one that you, if you have to plug and play a guy and there's not much out there. I think Conklin's the one, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. He's, a, he's just, a, as you said, a solid pro and put up some decent numbers the last year or so with just a bunch of losers. So, yeah, if someone's going to get work, I think Conklin's the one and he could be a bit of a value, actually, if you, if you really need one. So, yeah, I think I've got him uh, maybe in a couple of queues this week on waivers in Premier League. So we, nice. we'll see. Hopefully by the time this comes out, um, he's on my roster, but we'll see. <laughs> so take us take us down to Miami. Happily. Um, so, yeah, moving down to Miami Dolphins. So Mike McDaniel's just an absolute nerd. Um, he's just so awkward. Very odd character, but obviously a good coach knows what he's doing. And I like what they're doing down in Miami. It's just a really fun side, full of speed and just entertaining to watch, isn't it? So starting in the quarterback room, Tua Tangavaloa, uh, Mike White and Skylar Thompson. And uh, I mean, not too much to say here, really. Obviously, two is the clear quarterback one, but a lot of worry about his health. Those concussions are really worrying. He had a couple of massive hits last year and seeing him shaking on the ground and it clearly wasn't managed properly, was it? And yeah, a bit worrying. Talk about him possibly retiring in the offseason shows how serious this was. So they've obviously gone out and seen what Mike White did in New York. And again, he's just a really good veteran backup and probably a bit you know, one of the better backups in the league, actually. Mike White was fine when they played him. So, yeah, good pickup for them. 
Skylar Thompson, fairly similar skill set, provides a bit of depth in the room. Um, I don't really know if Mike White or Skylar Thompson will be enough if uh, Tua misses some serious time, but, you know, decent enough room, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, I think the uh, the issue they had last year was that where Tua had his injury issues, the, their backup was uh, another guy who has injury issues. So they just ended up with two of them on the uh, on the side, didn't they? Because Teddy come in and he couldn't stay fit either. Yeah, exactly. I think he hurt his hand as well, didn't he? And lots going on there. So, um, yeah, I just I hope Tua gets fixed. I really like him. And it's strange, the perception of, of Tua, because... I think if he was a right-handed quarterback, people would be a lot more interested in him because he looks slightly different throwing it. There was this weird video last year, I don't know if you saw, where they flipped his throwing style, changed it to a right-handed motion, and it just changed the perception of this player. So, yeah, I like Tua. I know that you do as well. I'm a bit worried about him. He's a tough player to roster in Dynasty because you can't move him. Nobody wants him, despite him playing really well. You have to just ride out this difficult period, I think, and see if he can stay healthy because the weapons are there and performed really well at times last year. When he was healthy, he was excellent. So, yeah, keep him upright, protect him a bit, and hopefully he stays healthy because, um, yeah, good weapons there for him to use. Um, Moving on to the running back room, it's clear what they're after here in this room. So we've got Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Devon A-Chain, Salvan Ahmed, and Miles Gaskin. Um... These are just a load of guys that really fit what they're trying to do here. So the outside zone run scheme, just a lot of speed in the room. It's likely to be a bit of a committee. And I think Jeff Wilson could be a bit of a value here because I think he could get some early down work as a bit of a grinder. I think Mostert and A-Chain are going to take that home run speed work outside and a bit of a bit of a, a committee there. I mean, Salvan Ahmed is just a, a fairly boring pro in the room. Miles Gassin, I couldn't believe that they kept him in the, in the building, to be honest. I think... I think he did actually leave and they brought him back, didn't they? Yeah, I think he left in free agency and, and they brought him back. But he's he's the one that doesn't really fit because he's he's not that quick, is, is he? He's, he's uh, more of a pass catcher. But um, yeah, he's the only one that's not quick out of that lot. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. So I don't know, you, you know, they like their guys, don't they? And, you know, just run it back. But I think on paper, this seems like a bit of a weak, weird room, but... I think there's some upside here. We spoke about Mostert. I think, you know, he's 31, 32 this season, I think. And you want to be moving away from him in Dynasty. I think Jeff Wilson offers a good bit of late value. If you need a sort of some decent early production, I think he could be all right. But Devon A-Chain's a guy that I think I've come round on. I was quite against him at first, just due to size concerns. And I think he's 189 pounds, five foot eight, five foot nine. Just didn't know if he was built for the game. But the more and more I look at this system and, and what they're trying to do here, they're going to use him, aren't they? And, you know, size is a concern. But if you can't get caught, he could be a very useful weapon. So are you coming around on A-Chain or are you still out? What are your thoughts? Um, I'd say I'm probably in the middle. I'm not out and I'm not in if he's there and he's a value. I've, I've taken him in one draft just because I wanted some uh, some exposure to him in case he does here. I don't think... I think you and I have changed now where we were probably a bit uh, stubborn in regards to some guys and where we don't really do that anymore because you just can't do that with this game, can you? So, yeah, I've taken, I've kind of spread out my profile of players across the leagues uh, more more so this year, definitely. So, Devon Chain probably fits that and, you know, I've taken him in one and probably will take him in another if, if the chance is there. But you just can't afford to be stubborn anymore, can you? Yes, exactly that. And I think the reason I've, I've gone in on H and I've probably reached from a bit in a couple of leagues, 
it's because a couple of really good running backs have been killed and the value's just been removed out of these rookie drafts. And we saw Charbonnet and Tank Bigsby just lose a load of value. Israel Ibanakanda, they were all going in that sort of early to mid-second. And I think that's just boosted A-chain really as, as almost the de facto running back three out of the class, which madness really. But if that's what the game is telling us, then I suppose we've got to go with it. And um, they clearly really like him. They were really buzzed to get him in the building. And, you know, you see these reactions in the war room in the draft day and you sort of, you, you buy into it, don't you? You get sucked in. So, uh, yeah, I think A-Chain could get some work and uh, could be a bit of a committee at first. But, yeah, there we go. Um, wide receiver room. I mean, this is a weird one in that it's brilliant and rubbish. So you've obviously got the big boys, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, And then we move across. We've got Cedric Wilson, Braxton Berrios, Chosen Robbie Anderson. I'm not saying that again. Um, Freddie Swain and Eric Ezukanma. So, I mean, we've got two absolutely elite guys that, you know, embody everything they're trying to do here. Speed, get the ball out quickly, stretch the field, loads of yards after the catch work. And then you've just got a load of guys, haven't you? Cedric Wilson, Berrios, Anderson, Swain. I mean, this is a a classic Patriots roster build, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's just guys that fit roles, isn't it? I mean, I never really liked Robbie Anderson ever. I've never really liked him as a player. But when I see him change his name to Chosen, I was completely done with him. I mean, he's trying to name himself after the geezer out of Karate Kid, and I'm not having that. <laughs> yeah, completely, completely out. I'm not having that at all. Um, yeah, Mike McDaniel pulling his little drums out. I'm just not having it. So, yeah. Um, rubbish wide receiver and these are functional guys I'm sure that somebody's going to step up and get some work I mean you'll see Braxton Berrios will, will have a couple of weeks where he just you know gets a load of work and a couple of touchdowns surprisingly I mean Cedric Wilson uh, he's, on, he's on a reasonable amount of money he's on about eight million dollars for the year so perhaps he's the the wide receiver three year there and Erica Ezukanma was touted last year but it didn't really offer anything at all so I mean, this is a, a bit of a weak room outside of the the first two guys. So, I mean, it could be a, a destination for a veteran. I mean, just spoken about Corey Davis. I mean, I think he's an immediate upgrade over everyone else in the room, isn't he? Yeah, that's a nice fit there, actually. I, I could see uh, he's different to what they've got as well, isn't he? He's more of a bigger bodied guy. But um, I definitely don't see Cedric being the entertainer on that on that roster. <laughs> you're loving this Miami one so uh, yeah I mean it's a it's a rubbish room but the two main guys if they stay healthy Hill t- spoke he's going to retire in the next couple of years and immediately I think people were panicking and trying who cares I mean it's a couple of years away it could very quickly change I've got no real concerns I mean I think if you've got Tyreek Hill you, you hang on to him and Jalen Waddle's an interesting one I haven't really got any Jalen Waddle I think I've got him in one league um, I like him but I just for the price I think I'd rather go after an Amon Rice St. Brown, I think, for the same sort of price. But I, I do like Waddle. Yeah, I think um, you've I think you've nailed that nailed that on Waddle. I like him as well, but I, I rarely pick him up just because his price is huge and he has weeks where he's not really used as well. So for me, if I'm paying that price, I want more consistency. Yeah, and I think Amon Ra St. Brown's still a bit disrespected, really. I think for that sort of price, I'm happy to pivot for Amon Ra and just get the more consistent production. So, yeah, I do like Waddle, but there's a reason don't own him anywhere at all. Um, but moving on to the tight end room, and this is one of the crappiest tight end rooms in the league, I think, really. So we've got Durham Smythe, uh, Elijah Higgins, Eric Sober, and Tyler Croft signed, I think, yesterday. Um, so this is a tragic room. Um, I'm not going to even bother going into a lot of them, really. But 
The interesting one that I mentioned last week, I think, is Elijah Higgins. I mean, he's the interesting player here. Um, wide receiver, big body wide receiver that they're trying to convert to a tight end. So at the senior bowl, he was the second fastest player, uh, hit 20.8 miles per hour. And he's a big guy, six foot three, 240 pounds. I mean, to run at nearly 21 miles an hour at that speed, that's a, a, an interesting weapon. He looks like a giant wide receiver. So the fact they're trying to convert him to a tight end, I think makes sense. And I mean, he's going to be competing with Durham Smythe and Eric Sober and Tyler Croft. So, I mean, there's a real opportunity. If he can nail this conversion, um, he offers something completely different to the rest of this receiving room because we've just seen the wide receiver rooms crap outside the two lads. They need somebody else to step up. And he's a big, strong, physical yards after the catch guy, um, different to Hill and Waddle uh, in terms of build and profile. But yeah, for me, I think he's still a really interesting player. And the fact they've signed this veteran in Tyler Croft, I don't think um, that changes anything. He's not exactly going to come in and dominate that room. So for me, that potentially strengthens a path for Higgins because, you know, he's got a more interesting profile. Appreciate a lot of that's projection on Higgins and we hope he nails it. But what are you thinking of this crap room? Yeah, you won me over last week with the Elijah Higgins uh, talk and I, I went out and uh, I picked him up in a couple of leagues that I'm in uh, just because he was on the waivers. And like you, I like the, you and I like those project um, type players with, where you can pick up amazing value if you're picking them up off waivers and they suddenly get a huge role. So I'm really in on uh, Higgins now after you after you won me round last week. The rest of them zero interest in, just a load of bums. Yeah, I'm not even I'm not having a bloke called Durham either. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. I mean, I think if I see any guy that I remotely like the profile of, if I search his name and find him running out to a hip hop track, then I'm in pretty much. So that's how yeah. I operate my dynasty legs. Yeah, I agree. So um. No, I'm not having anyone called Durham or um, or someone called Croft either. I'm not having it. Yeah, well, I'm not having Eric as a tight end either, in fairness. Um, so, yeah, disaster. Elijah Higgins has got the name for it, so I think he's a really interesting ad. I think in Dynasty, in Titan Premium Leagues is the play, really. I mean, in standard Titan Leagues, I couldn't really care less. I barely care about excellent tight ends in standard leagues. But, um, yeah, the Titan Premium Leagues, that's where you've got to try and mine that value. So, uh, yeah, interesting one for me. But that's the AFC East. I think we've gone around the league now, haven't we? Yeah, so we've done the AFC North and the uh, the AFC East. So um, still more to do and we'll be back with those over the uh, the coming weeks. But just to hit on some uh, news from this week, Chiefs GM Brett Veach, uh, he's been talking up our uh, our favourite idiot on this show, uh, Kadarius Tony. So um, reporting that he could be a, a deep threat and an outside threat and um, how happy they were to get him. They've done nothing but talk him up since he's been there, to be honest. I don't know whether that's to try and keep him on the straight and narrow and remind him that he's got a decent role there if he uh, remains not being an idiot. What do you make of it? I mean, I, I, I sort of agree in that the, sea, the sky is the limit, really, for Tony. Playing with that quarterback and he's such a gadget player and he, he can do everything. He's quick. He can stop on a dime piece. He can change. He can cut and receive he can run out the backfield he can do everything he's just a fucking idiot um <laughs> so <laughs> i just don't he can talk him up as much as he wants but i think if you've got to, i've got him in a few leagues just because i can't get anyone to buy i think if i can use this as an opportunity to sell the chiefs wide receiver one and, and just reinvest in someone that's a bit more stable i'm happy to do it unless uh one someone in my league is listening to this he's really good really good and you'll have to pay through the nose to get him off my roster but uh yeah i know you're not a big fan of tony so um are you, are you buying any of this crap 
No, I still don't want him anywhere. I mean, he is a massive, massive impact player. I mean, look at the Super Bowl. He had the amazing run for the uh, the punt return, and then he had that really, really good route for the touchdown, where he's faked to come inside and gone straight back outside. Really, really good route. And then, yeah, I mean, that's two huge plays that have played a part in a Super Bowl. But I just, yeah, I can't trust him. I, he's going to... He's going to get caught in a, in his Ferrari doing 160 with an Uzi shooting out the window, isn't he? Yeah, 100%. I mean, he, he's got his rap albums and stuff. That seems to have gone a bit quiet. I don't know if he's uh, he's gone out to the West Coast, but um, yeah, he's just an absolute wally. But um, yeah, no interest at all whatsoever. So uh, the second piece of news reports that the uh, Washington Commanders contacted uh, Sir Andrew Luck about returning. I mean, if you... Honestly, what, that, how desperate are you? Jesus. <laughs> the thing is, though, if, you, if you're even thinking about returning, it's not going to be the Commanders that drag you out of, retur- out of retirement, is it? No, you could sort of see the Colts, you know, go and, you know, reignite it all again. And But how desperate are you? I mean, when did Andrew Luck retire? Three years ago? Yeah, like, <laughs> there's... There's talk that they called every single team in the league, I think, wasn't there, including including the Chiefs for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I can't imagine that was a long conversation. Um, this is just a very weird one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the thing is that now this has come out, the Colts are kind of tempted to speak to the league about tampering, aren't they? Because they still got the rights to luck. So uh, they've, they've shot themselves in the foot. I mean, that would just be classic, wouldn't it? And uh, lose a draft pick for trying to get Andrew Luck on your roster. I mean, it's an absolute disaster. Classic um, commanders. Yeah. Yeah, classic commanders. Uh, next bit of news. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, turns out he's had um, hand and shoulder surgeries in the off-season. And uh, Jarrett McKinnon re-signed in, in Kansas City. So, uh, I mean, are we worried about Pacheco's role? Um, or what do we think? Well, I still think he's going to be the uh, the first and uh, the second down back. And, um, yeah, I think his role's fairly secure there based on what he did last year. I just think Jarrett McKinnon was incredibly, incredibly efficient with his third down work. And he, he got a little bit of rushing work, but he was amazing the second half of last season, wasn't he, Jarrett McKinnon? Yeah, he really was. And, you know, it's looking more and more like they've obviously brought back McKinnon. I do wonder if they're just going to cut Clyde. This is just a, an unhealthy situation for all of them, isn't it? And, it's not quite worked out. And I read a stat earlier. Can you remember his first game? He, he put up about 130 yards and a touchdown in his mm. first ever game where we thought, bloody hell, this is uh, this is going to be excellent. He's just not hit it. So I do wonder if they're just going to cut him. And if they cut him, you could say that there's um, a gap in Kansas City for a, a veteran running back. You know what I'm going to say? I know just the guy who could fit in there. Just the guy. The last time he was there, I think he finishes the running back one overall, to be fair. So uh, Kareem Hunt back to the Chiefs. You've heard it here first. Yeah, happening. Definitely happening. So um, uh, next, next. news. you can take this one. I mean, Foster Moreau, um, apparently he's still got an offer on the table from the New Orleans Saints, uh, depending on his recovery from leukemia. Um I mean, for me, this is a really nice bit of news in a in a ruthless industry, ruthless sport. Um, is this true, though? I mean, are they just being nice? I mean, if he's got leukemia, do you really think he wants to just grind out and block for Derek Carr for a year? I, I don't know. Nice little story, but actually, this is, um, yeah, I, I can't see him going back to the Saints. What do you reckon? 
Uh, well, they've just lost um, Troutman, haven't they? Who's gone to the Broncos because uh, Peyton come in and traded for him. So I guess there is a spot there because they've only really got um, due on um, Johnson, haven't they? So maybe the offer is still there. But um, for me, you've got to question the dog inside of him that he hasn't recovered from it yet. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, completely agree. Um, and the final bit of news. <laughs> Uh, Jordan Love uh, got a new contract, which is a bit of a weird move, given that they could just exercise the fifth-year option. Um, but it would have been about $20 million uh, to keep him for 2024 on the fifth-year option. They've decided just to extend his contract, keep him, get a bit of certainty in the room, and they've actually overpaid for it. So they've given him $22.5 million uh, to keep him on the roster. I think there's some sort of differentials between guaranteed money and what he would have got on the fifth-year option. But... I think it's good for good for love, and I think for the franchise, just gives them a bit of bit of clarity, and they've just trusted their guy. So, I mean, what do you make of Jordan Love and, and this situation? Yeah, I think this contract signals that the uh, the Packers just want to know what love is. <laughs> this has been a dreadful part, isn't it? It's, it's absolutely terrible. Um, I like it though. I want to know what love is, and I think I think I'm actually interested um, in, in love. So, uh, yeah, where is the love? <laughs> oh, it's getting man. late isn't it um but yeah, on a serious note I, I think this is interesting f- from a dynasty perspective he was uh when he first came out you know i think you were quite a big fan of him coming out of school and offered a lot of upside and just hasn't You've, quite you, hit you it make me sound like some, you make me sound like some sort of deviant that i was a fan of someone coming out of school you were called love so uh yeah jordan love coming out of school a few years ago disgusting um but yeah, I mean, the upside was there. They took him in the first round, a massive reach, and he's just been stuck behind this baby for the last few years. And when he has played, he hasn't looked great. But they clearly believe in him, and I think they sort of have to. Um, they have to sort of throw their eggs into the the Jordan Love basket and see what they've got. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested as an upside play. I think it could be an absolute disaster, but the ceiling hasn't changed. I think he's obviously been learning for a few years, and he could be an interesting option in Superflex League. So yeah, I might get a bit of exposure to Jordan Love. Got him in a couple of leagues, but are you rostering him anywhere? Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm definitely interested in Jordan Love. I mean, um, there was the game last year when he came in for Rogers against the Eagles, and he looked really, really good, and he looked the best he's ever looked for the Packers. And then there was reports coming out that he's really taken that step, and this is one of the reasons why they was happy to let go of Rogers because they they believe that he has progressed now to where he can start and. Yeah, I was kind of sold on 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 those few minutes against the Eagles. He looked really, really good. He, he looked better than he ever had done before, and you know it was it was good to see. And I think the Packers were obviously impressed enough that they were happy to move on from the baby. So, yeah, I'm I'm really interested in Love, and um, yeah, I'm intrigued to see what he can do this year. So you could say the power of Love is quite interesting. I think we've uh, run the course of uh, these Love gags now, haven't we? Yeah, it's done. It's done. Let's call it. So yeah, I think we've um, we've covered everything that we wanted to this week. Uh, please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. The uh, podcast is available to download on most popular podcast platforms, including Spotify and iHeartRadio. We are available on Twitter at AdjustRanks. We're going to be back in two weeks as uh, Sean is globetrotting next week. So until he's back in two weeks, my office is fully open. And league winners will still be available at my facility, no matter where I am in the globe.